This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the least organised Homestar Radio transfer window special ever. Not only have we started an hour later than usual, but uh, it still hasn't really helped. Hopefully, I've got some people with me to, to help us through today as we look at all the transfer news, talk about the rumours, uh, tell you what's been happening for definite, and uh, you know just generally chat Palace while we wait for that window to close at 11pm. But don't forget when the window does close at 11pm, there's an hour's grace for any deals that were in the pipeline and the relevant paperwork went off to the FA. So we could be as late as midnight. We won't be as late as midnight. I'm really tired already, I'll be honest. So anyway, let me introduce my panel. We have Lucy White. Hello. Hello. We have Albert Curley. I've got terrible indigestion. Oh, the, the intro music's still playing. Do you know what? Let's introduce the panel after we finish listening to the music and a jingle. Bye. reasons to hate Brighton. Homophobia, homophobia doesn't need to be one of them. Follow us on Twitter at Proud and Palace. Now I did say we weren't organised and that proves it. So we do have Lucy White. Hi. Hi. We have Albert Curley. Hello again. again. We have Mr. Joe Holyoke. Hello. <laughs> Who's eating? Hey, an Indian mixed grill right now. Um, I know. My mouth's really burning. I've just ate something that's just ridiculously hot. I'm trying <laughs> to cool it down with mango chutney. Well, you know, we've all been there, mate. We've all been there. And hopefully at some point we'll be joined by DR Kerner as he's having a little bit of technical trouble. As were we, with about a minute to go to the show going on air, we still didn't actually have a computer live and working. So that was a, a challenge. DR, are you there? Yes. DR Kerner has joined us. Thank God for that. Blip, blip, blip. <laughs> Don't get all urban at him. Mike Oxmoor. Well, there's no need to bring that up, is there? Honestly. Anyway, enough button pressing. Let's talk about the biggest news of all. Okay, it's not officially confirmed, but it might as well be. Mama Sacco returning to Palace. Seems like he's been the, the player we've been after all Hurrah. summer. It's 
it's just it feels good you know it feels like he's coming home um let's not forget the huge impact he made when he joined us on loan last season um and obviously we'll be hoping for more of the same with the trouble that the team is currently in instant reaction please albert other than the reaction you just gave me um it's good isn't it it's like the even though it's really late in the day it's like courting a lady you know for ages and he's the lady we've been after and we've finally got to pop our trousers off and you know <laughs> get on with things why did i go to you first that was a mistake wasn't it um it is no it's exactly like you've just described there in harrowing detail uh Luce, you, and I'm going to pick on you for a little bit as we start the show, you said to me earlier on in our in our chat, oh, it's just to appease the fans, didn't you? And you made me cross. Um, would you like to to clarify your opinion there? Um, <laughs> yes, because, well, if you believe what you read, which I know you shouldn't, um, DeBoer isn't really even really a fan of his um mm, okay. and i know that it's someone that we've all wanted myself included um so i just feel that the, I, well i don't know why it's taken so long it seems it seems that we've been waiting well months and months and it's just it's just it just doesn't seem like um what's the word it could have been done quicker if it was something that they really wanted to do well yeah i suppose i suppose if we if we paid immediately paid what liverpool were asking but again i think we we've seen enough transfer windows with uh with the current um uh, board if you like we know what's going to happen we're going to push to get the best possible value but obviously my response to you was you know he's the best center back i've ever seen at palace so you know if, if it's appeasing me, then great, I'm appeased. Yeah, <laughs> I and I, I said I do agree with you when, when you said that comment. Um, I just, um, I said on the review show the other week that, you know, we shouldn't just be chucking money at one player. Um, admittedly, we've, uh, we've, we've put, we've, uh, uh, what's the word, offered um, less than Liverpool were asking and they finally agreed to it. Um I just, I, I still do feel like it's a bit of a sweetener for the fans. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, look, I know, what you, I know what you're saying, Luce, but I, I honestly can't see the, the the purchase of someone with the quality of Sacco being something that, that Frank de Boer wouldn't want. Not, you know, mm. I think ev- everyone at the club's got to be excited getting a player of his oh, quality yeah. back back at Sellers Park. Um, Jill, your your reaction? Very, very happy. I just think he'll, I mean, you know, looking at Twitter today, it's just been almost suicidal. Um, (laughs) And now, and now he's, you know, and now it's been, now it's been done. Um, Yeah, I'm very happy. Be be happy if we could uh, add another couple. Um, But just having him, I think it's just going to lift everybody. I think it's going to lift the, lift the players, lift the fans, you know, it's, um, but I, can, I, I can see what, you, what Lucy means, though. Um, you know, but but what else have we got to spend our money on? If if it's only you know it's only players, you're not, obviously not spending it on a stadium, so we might as well spend it on players. But you know, like I've been saying all all week to to those that sort of try and understand it, you know, this this to to push this kind of deal through is just is mammoth money again. We've already got and 
big deal going through, you know, going on at the moment with Benteke. We've already got a huge wage deal going through with Wilf. You know, we had to appease Wilf. And, you know, well, not to appease him. What we did, we paid him what we... What, what, he he it, what, what he and we thought he was worth, which is why he's still at our club and not getting 100,000 quid somewhere else. Yeah. So, you know, we've now got... I imagine that with all the, you know, the bonuses and everything else, we've probably got four or five players that are on... Well, I imagine we've got at least three, maybe four on 100,000 plus, and then a good few around the 70 to 90 yeah, so, well, with, with, our, with our bill rocketing up to sort of around 90 million, probably a, a lot more than that now, we are, I think, a lot of the frustration from fans, you know, there's the, that age-old question, isn't it? Oh, where's all the money gone? I think people understand that the wage bills at that, that's that's where a lot of the money has gone, you know, and there's signing on fees that go along with that. There's, you know, it, it, it's... You know, we're well, I imagine about, the bonuses, Chris, from last year, just for staying in the Premier League would have been probably 10 million quid between the, between the whole club. You divide uh, that up with the players and it's 10 million quid gone. So if we, if someone said that we were, you know, the money we got last year was 107 million. So if you work out that, you know, the wages are probably going to be 93 to 95 this year, plus the bonuses again, that's 100. You know, we're, we're already almost eating all the Premier League money. Yeah, no, it is. It's, it's huge. It really is. And, um, you know, we, we spoke, obviously spoke to Steve Parrish last transfer window when he had clarified that the money we spent there all had to come out of the pockets of the owners um, and when someone tells you that you know he's it's not like he's making it up you know you'll be able to see it in the accounts uh, when they're next published so i think there's there's this, this sort of conspiracy theory that we're the you know we're not we're not spending the money we get in i think really the, the bigger conspiracy is why are we the only ones who are paying heed to, to FFP? And that's something that Dior's talked about quite a lot um, in, in the last show. Luce, you wanted to come back in on that before I go any further? Yeah, I just wanted to say that although I do think it was a, a move to possibly appease the fans, I'm absolutely delighted as well. I love him and he was such an asset to us last season. And, you know, he was... He's one of our own, and I know he's not technically, but he it's, it's like he is. We, we've all taken him to our hearts. So have other players. So have, um, like, he's taken us to his. So, yeah, I made up, even though I still think it was to appease us. <laughs> no, fair enough, and I was on mute there, Luce. I know if you spotted that, I didn't immediately answer you. So, uh, yeah, good skills okay. from me there. I think Albert's popped in the chat room to get some views um so holradio.net forward slash chat to get involved there obviously you can tweet us at holradio you can go to holradio.net forward slash contact to find out all the ways to get in touch and we'll be opening the phone lines a little bit later oh no albert's lied albert isn't going to the chat room someone will at some point i promise you uh, but there we go you've totally sold me out there well you know if you're gonna tell me lies actually you know you've just said me to speak a little lie no, it was a me. To, it was a me to speak. I just wanted, to, you know, when courting a lady, I've never had to spend twenty six million quid. Just, uh, just wanted to clarify that for that analogy before. Um, yeah, I think that's that's fair enough. Even None of us. They've been paying me, if anything. Um, I, I've got. I just wanted to say this whole appeasing the fans thing. I know Lucy's added the caveat that she's chuffed with it, but like I said, there is a, there is an attitude on social media about oh, it's appeasing the fans, but. 
if appeasing the fans is signing a, a contender for player of the season last year, you know, if we sign Neymar, you know, a, a clearly a talented player, is that appeasing the fans? You know, the end result is we've signed an outstanding player for us. Yeah, look, we, so I, don't, I don't see how, how the cynicism creeps in. It's yeah, we've, we've signed a good player. Isn't that what clubs are supposed to do to make the fans happy because the team will be better? Yeah, look, we we all saw how we played. You know, last season. So every, at the end of the season, everyone wanted that. The, the comments on the message boards, people tweeting Steve Paris directly, we'll just sign him up. It's an absolute no-brainer. If we can get him back at the club, get him back at the club. We declared that he was our top target straight away, pretty much as soon as the season... In fact, even before the season was done, we talked about it. You know, while, while Allardyce was still manager. I think what what people are are quite rightly pointing out is the targets that we're, we're after we've got a few more to talk about you know the likes of uh, Nias from Everton as well he was at Hull last year they're the same targets that seem to have been on that list for you know for, for a couple of seasons no matter who the manager is I think people are spotting that but let's not let's not get carried away if, if they're making the the squad better, and, and they've got to be, you know, because let's again, let's not ignore the fact that the squad is, is threadbare in certain positions, and you know, we are we are pointless in the league, we are goalless in the league, and we are, you know, we've got to do better. Uh, so I think all of those things are relevant, but if we had to wait till now to do this deal, it was it was the right call in my view. It really was, um, and as it's, you know, Joe picked it up, it's been a very very difficult time on. on you know, on social media and seeing how Palace fans have, have been reacting. And, I, and I'll talk a little bit about that later. Now, DR, you've not had the opportunity to talk a little bit about Sacco. Obviously, you're going to be delighted that he's returned, but it's a big statement from Palace, isn't it? Yeah, it's great to have him back. He played a major part in our last campaign when we stayed up. So, And he's a great footballer. Uh, and also, before... Um, before he came in, look at the squad now. We're all like demotivated, so he'll give a good, good boost to the players, and that's good to see as well. But he's just dragged on a little bit too long. That's the only downside about it. But it is worth it with Sako. It is worth it. Yeah, I'm happy. It's a good positive. Finally, positive. But <laughs> <laughs> well, you've been freaking out all day, like everyone else. I think I told you to shut up about three times. But you know, again, you know, it's it's great to get some positive news, as you say. And you picked up on something really interesting there, which was the positive effect that Sacco had on the players as well. It was. You're absolutely right. A huge morale boost when he joined. Not only did he, you know, click with Benteke. That you know, they're good. They're good friends from the Liverpool days. But it just kind of brought the squad together to have him there. And he, he's a real personality. And when you look at the the kind of abject sort of miserable fairly boring and slow sort of start we've made to the league you kind of think having that injection of personality in there's got to help it, it really really has but um I'm, I'm incredibly excited and it's it's the the biggest deal it's got financially it's got to be the biggest deal by some distance we've ever done as a football club and if that isn't a mark of of where things have gone i i really don't know what is but you know, we've got to talk about the positives as well as the negatives. And, uh, and the negatives are we've got to do a lot more than that in the market. And, uh, and we'll be talking about what we're doing in just a moment. Uh, Dio? Yeah, it's debatable that he might arguably be our best defender as well. So it's it's a plus plus. Uh, we haven't, we've signed Saka, yes, but I think he's one of the greatest ever defenders for Palace. And yes, I know that's going to be, that's, that is debatable. But yeah, so it's just it's just all it's just all great right now. But let's just imagine if he fails medical. That's the only downside. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to remain positive, but he'd be so pallid if he fails a medical. So well, maybe yeah, hopefully it happens soon. 
maybe that's not why the Mangala deal hasn't quite drifted away yet. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> Joe, you want to jump back in here with some, some comments from the chat? Yeah, so I'm in the chat with uh, Alfonso Green Book, Becky, uh, Brins Call Hensy, uh, Iron Dave Williams, King Vagabond, Luke C, Nick Gussett, Parrot, and Part Time James. Um, and I just see uh, something that um, Becky said, but we said, well, with a good defence in front of him, surely we can make do with Hennessy for another six months. <laughs> Sorry, we needed a tumbleweed thing then, didn't we? Yeah. Honestly, Wayne, we were all on mute there. That's yeah, that's all it was. That's all it was. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, it was just uh, anyway. And then Parrot said, uh, apparently on the um, uh, uh, Sky Sports, he said the Sky Reporter was singing uh, "Electric Mama Do." He was indeed. He, he's been a bit entertaining, according to those who've had the fortune of being out and watch him i had to work but <laughs> those of you who've been skiving off and, and watching sky sports news have uh, been thoroughly entertained by uh by the gentleman in question whose name escapes me but uh yeah it's uh i don't know i don't know what i, I, I think I, you know the hennessy comment made me laugh and we have been linked with a, a young goalkeeper it's alex cairns i believe who's at fleetwood uh was that yeah, there's mention of that in here as well yes yeah he was uh, a youth player at leeds if my research is correct um, but I think he, he sort of this season he made a, a terrific triple save that kind of went viral uh, on, on Twitter, which was was incredible if you've seen it. It was uh, which, you know clearly demonstrates he's a good shot stopper, uh, got great reactions. So, but at 24 years old, you kind of guess he's probably not going to be if if he is someone we're after. You can't really see him coming in and, and, and being number one, can you, Jill? Well, I mean, I don't know anything about him at all. Um, but but Fair. you know we, we have we have such an appalling um, track record in the last five years with goalkeepers that I, I just I mean who would want to come here that's the other thing um, but just 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 in the uh, in the chat room is uh, a young fella in there called uh, Nick Gussie and he said the Sacco deal <laughs> is good he said will appease the fans and can imagine walking to sell us with a spring in his step and DR is right about instilling confidence all around um, Nick uh, walking uh, with it with... yeah can you imagine it he walks like step toe anyway so oh, no. yeah. uh, King Vagapons uh, as Tom said greatest palace defender ever seems a little pre- uh, little premature he's only played eight games um Tell me one who's, who's who's been better. You know, some of the old older Eric generation. Young. You, Eric. Yeah, we had this conversation earlier, didn't we? Eric Young. Oh, yes. Oh. Is that Kenny Sampson? Yeah. yeah. Well, there's two. Anyway, we, we can all... Um, we, we can all... But, yeah, I, I mean, I, I just think maybe a, a piece. Yeah, because the thing is, we're getting almost to the point where Palace just leave there. It seems that we just leave our transfer dealings to the last... You know, almost to the last hours, which is a little bit on the on the frightening side. Um, but I suppose you get, just get used to it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think it's appeased. I think it's appeased everybody. I haven't seen anybody turn around and, and say anything derogatory or 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 been down in the mouth about it. Um, yeah. And then someone else just said Nathaniel Klein. Um, so anyway, well, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's the defining season. Just you know. It, for, for our club, I think, and I'm glad he's part of it. I'd rather have him with us than against us. 
<laughs> exactly right. Um, on the subject of, of whether the players listed are better than, than Sacco, uh, if we've got time later on, I may have an on-air fight with you all about that. So, But for the time being, uh, we'll leave that where it is and just get a final comment from Luce before we move on to a couple of other subjects. I was just going to pick up on what Joe was up saying and ask, why do we take so long? Well... I suppose uh, th- this this is opening a can of worms, isn't it? Because it's the source of most of the frustration. And, and look, we've we, we've had the it's, yeah, the, my, like it's the Fulton Eve way, Chris. No one does anything yeah. quickly around Fulton Eve. But Mikey, but producer Mikey has actually said it in the chat. Is that it's because Steve Parrish likes to give us a good show on the final on the <laughs> deadline day, but and it, and it does feel like that at times. But you know. It is the source of frustration for us. And when, again, we talked about this the last couple of weeks, if you look at us losing games, you you feel like we're throwing away points by doing it. And you've kind of got to weigh up the... The benefits, obviously, are that if you can manoeuvre a situation a certain way, you can get a better price. You can get better value for the deals that you're trying to do. Um, and the longer you wait as well, the more likely other movements going to happen in the market that can open up opportunities for you, right? So... There's two reasons why you would do it, and that's two reasons why that we've been told before by Steve Parrish on the show that that, that we've taken the approach that we have. Uh, but and also I would point out that where we have been able to do deals earlier, we have. But you know, I, I can't deny that every, even when we're linked to players, it does seem to take an age to get from being linked to a player to actually doing the deal. Who remembers the Kabai deal that just we were linked pretty much you know, the start of the summer and it just took forever to get done. Same with Benteke, but you know, that's, I think, I don't know. I, I'm used to it. I kind of, I, I, I see it coming, but unless, unless we just start a rumor and then everyone gets used to it and then they go, well, oh, might as well do it now then. But I don't <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean, but it, it, it's, you know, most transfers. And again, I, I do say this because I do think that we're very, fo- rightly so. We're very, we're all very focused on our own team, right? Most transfers have been in the works for for a long, long time. A real, you know, the the work that gets done. You have you have agents contacting agents, contacting chairman. You know, all this stuff goes on in the background, and then eventually you get an indication of interest. Then it's a case of okay, well, the player might want to make the deal. Does the club want to sell? You know, what value, all that kind of stuff. You just, all that happens. But if you're not focused on it, you're not waiting. So you're not aware that it's taken a long time. Um, that sounded like a really good answer. Um, but Dio, you're very strongly viewed on this. Do you think we take too long? Yeah, comparing to other clubs, we do. And like today, most of the players we've been linked with are just panic buys. If, are you telling me we couldn't get Niasse two, three weeks before? We could have if we wanted to, but we wasn't looking at Niasse and we wasn't looking at Mangala. So that's what the disappointing thing is. The fact that the players that when it comes to deadline day, it turns into panic buy and we never have a plan and just go with it and say, all right, we want to get a Sacco by then and this by then and deadline day we can have maybe one panic by look at this deadline day you've just been panicked from the start to the end and everyone's been in shock and everyone still is in shock <laughs> how it's going and that's what the annoying thing is don't don't, don't you yeah did you not feel that you're perhaps that's an oversimplification and you're not the only one who does it of how uh, how a transfer would work because I mean look take you know you mentioned Nias there I suppose we should talk about him so obviously he's a striker who's on the books at Everton at the moment uh, has played a bit in Russia and Turkey as well came to Everton for 
I think it was over 10 million, might have been as much as 15, uh, came with a with with a reputation that he would be up to the physical standard of, of the Premier League. And, and from what I can tell, Everton fans compare him as their worst striker signing alongside Brett Angel. Now, that's before your time, DR. He was a, he was a lethal striker for Southend United, who never quite made the step up uh, to the top division. But they, they really do not rate the guy. And, you know, we've been there with... I remember when Bamford went uh, to, to Norwich after being on loan at Palace, and we, we told them they, the, the guy is awful, and they wouldn't believe it. Sure enough, he was awful for them as well. So, you know, there's, he's not coming with a, with a glowing reputation. But at the same time, you're not going to get a player. And I said this last week, you're not going to get a... He's coming here to play second fiddle to Benteke. Maybe some games he'll get to play alongside him. Maybe Benteke will get injured or suspended and he'll get a few games here and there. But, you know, we're having to spend what might is being reported. Is that sort of eight to ten million quid on a player to, to effectively be on the bench to be... Premier League standard. That's where we are now. Is can can you see that doing that, you've got to get yourself the best possible value. Chris, honestly, I I don't understand all the negativity towards Niasse from the start. I know Everton fans have always been negative when you whenever you mention his name, they'll say, "Oh, he's the worst player I've ever seen," and whatever, whatever. I think we've been too influenced by Twitter and other social media accounts and looking at Everton fans. If you actually look at him, once he left um, Everton and went on loan to Hull. He actually did score a few goals. So surely he's not the worst player in the world. And he offers something different to Frank Dubois as well. Uh, both Benteke and Niasse have their special uh, special specialities. Special moves. Uh, yeah, special moves. <laughs> yeah, special moves. When we, when we want to play on the floor, we Kids. can use Niasse. He's, oh, Albert, stop speaking. <laughs> yeah, when we, when we want to play on the floor, uh, we can use Niasse. He's a great dribbler. And I'm not saying Benteke isn't, but he's preferred to play more direct. So we can switch up the tactics with Niasse as well. So we need to realise that as long as it being a option B to Benteke, we can use him as a plan B in tactics-wise as well. Well, I mean, an option B is better than the current situation where we have just one striker. But uh, Albert, I'll bring you in on that, really. Again, I don't know if you remember the game against Hull last season where Niasse played against us and you know, wasn't the best, should we say? No. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, struggling team, though, wasn't it, Paul? Um, yeah. He's got four, four or five goals for him. I'm trying to be nice. Uh, I'm trying to be in the ice. He yeah, doesn't work. Uh, <laughs> like you say, you know, we're, 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 some, we're essentially selling a backup striker and you know, no, no one of genuine quality, which often drives up a price. He's going to want to come and sit on the bench, you know, and wait for Benteke to get injured. Um, so I think it's, um, I don't know, it, like, because Benteke is so head and shoulders above the level of striker that I thought we'd see at Palace, you know, in the last few years. To, to get someone as good or even anywhere near as good, you've got to pay a huge amount. And we don't play two strikers you know, on the field at the same time. So yeah, although I did see that comment made earlier, and it made me made me think to the fact that the last game we started five three two, and we had Townsend as a striker. So, uh, yeah, I, I I could see perhaps you know getting getting the acid. He might actually play more than we think if we're going to stick with that. But didn't didn't go particularly well. <laughs> uh, so maybe I hope. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think we'll be doing it again. <laughs> uh, just a couple of tweets come in. Andrew Tarrant suggested earlier on targets of. Uh, Tim Krull uh, as goalkeeper. 
I think that's Vincent Janssen who's uh, not really settled at Tottenham. Uh, he's also after a winger, please. And obviously there was rumours at one stage of a potential swap for Townsend going to Leicester and us getting Demary Gray plus money. I think that would have been a very good deal if we could have got that, but that was closed down pretty quickly earlier on. Uh, also comment from Luke Elmer on Facebook. Evening chaps, good show so far. Is there any news of much going yet? Well, let's, let's have a Jordan much update, shall we? So, much earlier on today i've already made a pun accidentally i cannot wait for him to leave just for that reason it's annoying uh, but he uh he was linked to a move to the championship uh specifically burn albion are they still championship i guess they are oh, that shows how little i pay attention now i hate myself what have i become uh, but uh as far as i'm aware that move has not materialized as yet but uh, it was to be a season-long loan um, and he certainly seems to be a player we're trying to uh, trying to move out. So, are we sure he's not just gone for a Burton? <laughs> uh, help me out here. Is that a thing? But, uh, yeah. yeah, it means um, it means something that's gone for a Burton is like like not working. It's broken, so it's quite apt. All right. Well, you learn something new every day, don't you? Yeah. Look it up. Come on. Yeah, I will. Do as well. learn. Yeah. We might be able to learn something else. As Noel Hansy wants to know. Um, Chris is doing the interview naked. <laughs> are, 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 are you not? I don't know. Everyone, everyone said their own. I think Hansy wants to know. Listen, I, you know, I, I'm all about honesty on this show, and today, oh, this I, could be horrific. Today, today, I'm in a, I'm in shorts and t-shirt. Um, I can put myself back. That's quite distracting. But I'm in shorts and t-shirt today. But you know what? I've done shows in the nip before. Oh, <laughs> no, don't say that. <laughs> You know, this has happened before. I've done shows from, uh, from you know, from being actually physically lying in bed as well. So, and uh, you could definitely tell. So let's let's leave that there. Um, in the nip, I can't yeah. believe it. Nips it's out. Just, just on on players in and out and stuff. Um, Parrot says, um, "What about uh, here and Boateng going to Exeter? I'm a little disappointed that he didn't make it, and and I am as well. But I'm with you." Um, I don't think he was given that much of a chance. He was he was lured into the into the first team, bought on, played all right, didn't let himself down, didn't let the team down, um, and then all of a sudden he's he's just completely gone. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a bit disappointed. Well, we're definitely going to get into that in a second, but I just want to mention I'm getting bullied by uh, by my friend Luke, who's just said going for a bird means falling over. How can you not know that? So if if he knows something that I don't, I feel really quite ashamed because he's. He's an idiot, frankly. Cheers, Luke. <laughs> uh, I uh, Jordan much. Okay, you feel he hasn't been given a, a fair opportunity. I, I I feel there was a spell right where he where he he got a couple of chances in the team and he actually got a bit of praise from fans and I was livid with it because I just felt he was getting praise for for running around and and it, it was without positional sense. You know, I felt as much effort as he was putting in, and believe me, it was only for a few games because he's coasted in most of the games that I've ever seen. But he put put some effort in and was applauded for putting effort in. But he undermined everything about the team. Um, apparently, I was cutting out there, so I will repeat myself. So Jordan March, you know, I, I felt positionally was completely you know, undermining the team whenever he was picked. It was it was just. You know, it's incredibly frustrating to watch. And I, I get where you're coming from, Joe. And I, and I know you, you don't have this same intense dis, 
well, I was going to call it hatred. I don't want to call it hatred, but I, I really have got no time for the guys as a footballer for Crystal Palace. I really don't. So I, I get that you don't feel he's been given a chance, but from what I've seen, he just doesn't deserve it. He just, you know, he's not earned his wage since he's been here. And no, you know, you're t- I'm, no, we're, we're on cross purposes here. I was talking, I wasn't talking about much. Oh. I, I was talking about here and boat, boating. Oh, sorry, my bad. I was still. You could have stepped I, in a bit earlier. Yeah, I mean, I, I do intend to how much. I just wanted him to just rant about his hatred. And he says, oh, it's not a hatred, it's a hatred. Should we play the Hamblings Ramblings jingle? <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is genuinely how much I hate him. Bote, I really do apologise. But Boteng's one that. Uh, we've talked about this actually, Joe, haven't we? we he ain't never let, he's never let us down when we've picked him. You know, a little bit like your, your man O'Keefe. But I think for Boteng, you just oh, have to no. look. Stuart. Uh, no, I'll get all misty-eyed. I know it's not all you get, but uh, I just—I don't know. The, the, He—he's been out on loan in League Two and, and a little bit in League One, and you've got to really make a huge impact there to to be considered for a regular spot in the Premier League. Um, I'm sure he's disappointed. You know, he made a first team debut and did really well against Stoke in the FA Cup uh, just before his 17th birthday. So he would have expected to to kick on. And he's one of those who kind of, you know, it was a ba- it was bad timing for us to get promoted when we did for him because if we'd been another season in the Championship, he probably would have started in that midfield. And who knows what he would have kicked on to become. But uh, it's the right time for him to go out and play football. He's not going to get into our midfield. You know, when you when you look at the fact that if everyone's fit, you've got to try and fit in Kabai, Loftus-Cheek, uh, Punchin, MacArthur, uh, Jordan Much, of course, uh, if you're Joe. Um, well, it's a time to, time to bide, you know, he could have bide his time unless the club just wanted him off, off the wages because Punchin's going to be probably more rubbish next year than what he already is. Kabai is going to be in the last year of his contract. Can't see us offering him 85 to 95 grand a week again. Um, much will be gone. Chung Lee will be gone. You know, all of a sudden, there's four spots here. Uh, what's his name? MacArthur will be 30. So, you know, there, there's there's room. But, you know, we don't we don't really know. Maybe we, if we can get we can get the big man on later on and ask him why why he was, you know, whether it was he asked to go. Because we do get players that asked to go, you know, as in Glenn Murray wanted to play first-team football, asked to leave. Yeah, so, well, from, what, from, what I, from what I understand, Joe, it's we, we've been trying to move him on for a couple of seasons now. I just don't think he's, you know, he's going to develop to the level we need him to develop to if he's not out playing football. I, I, you've got to remember, it's not just about how long he can wait is about players that come in behind him as well. Uh, DR, you want to get in on this? Joe, do you honestly think Hiram Boateng can start in midfield uh, in the Premier League for us? Is that what you were suggesting? Well, we can give him a chance for 10 minutes at the end of the game, can't we? At the end yeah. of the game, if we're 3-0 down? I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You know, you know the other thing as well? Who genuinely, genuinely had heard of Deli Alley? before he went to Spurs. Who of you? None of you. No one had ever heard of him, apart from wherever he came from, somewhere down in League One. I had. I hadn't. I hadn't. I was just trying to make it interesting. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. We, we, we go, oh, yeah, we, we've got this academy. We used to rave about this academy, and then we've had two or three players, four players, that maybe, I don't know, not, not, not given a chance, but, you just, uh, how can you give someone 
five minutes or seven minutes at the end of a game that, that's probably lost and then almost just biff their career off. Just go, oh, sorry. Yeah. Man. You know, you come in central midfield, if you ain't scored three goals in seven minutes and got us a draw because we've been crap for the other <laughs> 83 minutes, then I'm afraid it's like League One for you for the rest of your life. Go down to West Country and freeze your bits off till the winter, through the winter. Do you know right. what I mean? So, what? I know where you're coming from, Joe. I think what's important to remember is that, you know, well, first of all, football is a brutal game like that, isn't it? You know, people talk about loyalty, but every year, you know, youngster after youngster after youngster gets binned off by a club. And so so few actually make it. You know, I can remember it's not that long ago that uh, there was a comment that came out of our academy where it said, you know, if Gus Sal doesn't make it as a, as a top Premier League footballer, then the rest of us might as well go home. Well, a common, you know, I can remember the game. He's playing at Dulwich Hamlet. Not sure if they were actually. He was at their ground anyway, and uh, and he just took a bad challenge and sort of played on. And it was a stress fracture in his leg, and it, and it put him out for I think the best part of seven eight months. And physically, it was a terrible time for him because it, it, he struggled to get back, and and you know he had continual injuries, but also. You know, he, he was quite a sort of slender lad as well. He was tall, but like, but, but pretty thin. And it was at a time where it just stopped him putting on any muscles. So he came back, and he was just at, an age, at the age group he was at. All of a sudden, it didn't matter how good he was. He suddenly wasn't, you know, wasn't big enough to to, to have an impact on the games like he was. So there's a huge talent that sort of went by the wayside there just because of bad timing. And you could say the same about Kyle De Silva. You know, he, he was really highly rated at the academy, but just terrible injuries at the wrong time for him and he just you know he's just sort of drifted out of the, the professional game so you know you can never really tell Boateng had a real chance he had a real chance but for whatever reason and I think it's club related uh, we, we've let him go and you know there'll be people coming along behind him the likes of Luke Dreyer you know who and uh, Kean Flanagan uh, will be will pushing for that kind of spot in, in, in the you know in the squad and, and could do so uh, I don't know who was actually wanting to speak next, but just I want to open the phone lines before I do anything else. If you want to get involved in this chat, we'd be, be lovely to speak to you. Uh, just note down the number. It's 0208 123 That's 0208 123 Your chances are you'll be put straight on air uh, if people get mean again and just verbally abuse us. Yeah, to be fair, they for some reason they found us and verbally abused someone from FYP last time, but I didn't quite understand that. But uh, don't okay. do that. Don't do that either. Oh, Joe, come on, mate. <laughs> I'm let, sorry, let it go. Oh, let it go. It's all about that referee when we last played at five a side. So there's some beef there. there you is. let it go. <laughs> we were also in the chat room, um, but it, it, I can't understand what it says at the top of here. How you get in here? So if if you know my number, text me and I'll WhatsApp you, and you better get in it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, <laughs> just what's happened with picture. Gus, it knows it. This is where it's like, Gus, it's more slick when he's in here than me. Yes. Go to holradio.net forward slash chat if you want to join the chat room where Jell is being confused by technology, I believe. Uh, okay, uh, DR, you wanted to get in on this youth chat. Yeah, have we ever considered the fact that maybe our youth are not good enough for the Premier League? Because if we're looking at teams like uh, Southampton, Everton, Man United, when most of the youth players have come up and have got the chance, they've made a direct impact. Unfortunately, when we've gave our youth players a chance, you might say we haven't given that many opportunities to them. They haven't made the impact that 
them youth players do in Everton and in Southampton and Man United. Maybe personally, I think our youth is not. We don't have a major player there that's good enough for the Premier League. I'm going to get lots of slack for this, but I, personally, that's what I think. And Palace fans need to realise that as well. Like we need to just look into our youth and just think about can this player actually play in the Premier League and make an impact for us. No, you, um, you know, I, I don't think that's an unfair statement. Um, I do think that there is a point to be made, and many of the people who watch the youth uh, teams at Palace will tell you this, that sometimes until you give them that opportunity and just trust them in a game, you won't know. You, you, you know, you, you, there, are, there are talents that have gone by the wayside just because they haven't got an opportunity. Um, you know, and I, I, there's, there's Palace players of uh, of years gone by that, that that we let go for a variety of reasons that went on to do you know pretty good things actually you know this is, is not quite gone on to do amazing things but lewis graben's an interesting one who uh he hasn't been a huge success certainly not on premier league level but he's certainly gone for a massive amount of transfer fees since he left us um got on the subject of Bote, loose you talked about you you saw him play for northampton v, v gillingham and he, and he struggled a little bit yeah, I saw him a couple of times, um, and also Keshi Anderson. Um, um, out of the two, Keshi was was far superior. But yeah, he he struggled, and um, even like the Cobblers fans, obviously that I I live up in Northampton, so most of the people that I know are um, either Manchester United or Cobblers fans. So um, yeah, either. Sorry, it's really it's really helpful when people just talk over you, isn't it, Lou? So we don't know that you finished because I don't know what you said in the last sentence. Well done, everybody. Yes, he was he was he wasn't well regarded by the uh, the Cobblers fans, but I was cheering him on. I'm just sad I couldn't wear my uh, Palace scarf to the Cobblers game. <laughs> <laughs> but then it's a, it's a good point, you know. Like as I said, he's got to stand out, you know. Not maybe not every game, but but if you're going to make it, you've really got to make a, a big impression when you go out on loan and, and get those opportunities. Uh, Dr. And then Jill, please. Uh, yeah, Jill can go first. Jill can go first. Uh, no, I was just looking through the chat and just not not loads of uh, not loads of interesting stuff really at the moment. I think we've we've. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I'm just looking at it's just much of a much as what we've been saying on here. The one thing that just made me um, <laughs> that made me uh, that laugh, and someone said, "Has Jordan much gone?" Someone said, "No," and then the next one was, "Oh God," <laughs> <laughs> which which did make me um, make me yeah. laugh. I've just seen um, King Vagabond just said that, that the firm BL has got twelve and a half thousand Twitter followers. Says a four year do- uh, four year deal signed. But I can't see. I'm looking through the chat. I can't see. I can't see what it is. So I assume that's, that's Sacco potentially. That's five years I thought that. Yeah, was, I've seen two conflicting reports. But I, yeah, let's 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 try and keep an eye out. I'm relying on a uh, on uh, the likes of, of well, specifically Mikey, keeping an eye on uh, on what's going on to let us know if there is anything. Because of course, if you hear any, if there's any official confirmation, you will hear the magnificent cowbells that have become a tradition. Yeah, here on the uh, transfer window show. I think the the consensus as well in the in the chat room from from most of the guys or most of the people in there. Um, oh yes, he said yes, he's Sacco as well. It's a four year deal, not five years. So, um, but it is our uh, um, our academy just isn't up to it. 
So yeah, we've we've got some work to do there. You know, they it's a Cat Two Academy as well, and we've we've got to get it to Cat One standard to to to, to show at least you know it's that's, it's even less about the sort of standard of facilities than it is about showing the kind of commitment that you need to to to, to the youth. But it's a difficult thing to juggle, isn't it? You've got to look after the first team to to stay in the Premier League. It's about trying to build the club all in, all in one go, and that's that's the real. A real ask. Uh, Dale, you've got a, a Facebook comment for us. I've got a few things on Twitter after that. Yeah, um, on the youth players, Benji North has said, we need to be braver with the youth players. Look at the likes of Southampton, Everton, Tottenham. They're not scared to throw a youth player in their squad every now and then. Uh, with that, can I reply to that? Benji, I agree with you. We need to be braver. But sometimes you have to look at the youth players at Southampton, at Everton, all the clubs that you mentioned. Uh, every time they're in the squad, they do make an impact. That's the difference. When we put Kaka in... All right, fair. I don't think he makes as big as an impact as he should do to be in the squad in the first place. That's that's my point. I understand what you're saying. We need to give them more opportunities, but I just don't think they're good enough at the time. No, that, that, that's just that's your view, and you give that answer. And I and I t- totally understand the point. You know, you pick Kai Kai there as an example. And interestingly, I think the 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 minutes he's got this season, he's actually looked, you know, pretty. pretty decent but again you, you you talk about the sort of players that are being given opportunities elsewhere you know they are you know i mean like tom davis at everton is, is a great example of that who just came in and just blew everyone away straight away it's uh, it's tough to do it is and you know you're talking about in the premier league it's got to be the cream of the crop when you're talking about the young players and and you know we've got to develop us that there's, there's not that that many coming through that you're going to they're just going to walk straight into a Premier League first team. They really are. But uh, there's been plenty of uh, input coming from uh, from you on Twitter. So uh, the aforementioned Luke Constable, who I called an idiot earlier on, has sent me a uh, uh, tweet from Football Italia that has said that Brighton have raised their offer for Kuma Babacar, former Palace target, to 18 million euros. Fiorentina and player said no. Unlucky Brighton. Uh, Lysa Aiton... Um, mentions that Jason Lukilo looked good in pre-season, could find himself on the bench a lot this season. Uh, again, I don't know whether how much of that was down to a lack of options, but when we signed him from Anderlecht, he was very highly rated, and it's great to uh, to see him getting an opportunity. I've, I've been encouraged as well this season. Uh, there's a lot of chat going on about who's your favourite signing, which was a question that we asked on Twitter. Um, we've got uh, Zaha's being picked a lot. Had a few few entertaining answers. Elliot Grundin. <laughs> I forgot he even signed. It's an impressive one. Jordan March. People trolling me with Jordan March. Thanks for that, guys. Uh, Kabai's in there. Uh, but it's dominated by Wilf, I have to say. James MacArthur's got a couple of mentions in there. Uh, Shola Amiobi. Uh, I haven't seen a Kevin Doyle yet, but that's got to be coming. Florian Mirage, of course. Uh, have to specify, then, these are signings that we've made since being in the Premier League. That's right, yeah, yeah, signings we've made since being in the Premier League. Sorry, you're quite right. Uh, Jimmy Kebe's in there as well, which is uh, great to see. Not one person, whether serious or joking, has said Marouane Shamak. No, I but... Find both of those surprising. He was... I mean, I'm, I'm a huge, huge fan of Marouane Shamak. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's, he's definitely one of my favourite signings we've made in the Premier League. But he was often a figure, you know, there was a fair few people that found him, shall we say, a figure of fun. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'll tell a lie, Nick, Nick Gusset, reliable, was um, always, is the only person that said Shamak, whether being serious or otherwise. I thought, well, I don't like to praise him, but I am going to praise him. Well done, Nick. 
uh, very, very good shout there. So, uh, sorry, Dio, you wanted to jump in there, mate? Uh, Albert, are you serious? I, I was laughing behind, I was on yeah. mute. Do you actually yeah. think Shem- he's better than yeah. Zaha? Shamak, so Shamak has impacted us better than Zaha has. I'm, I'm kind of not allowing Zaha because we sort of had him before. I know technically he was a new sign, but um, I thought Shamak was amazing for us. If he's yeah, Saka, he'll be better. Shamak or Saka? Well, Saka hasn't signed yet, so... If we do, if we do. If we do, it'll probably be Saka. But, right. you know, he's only played that game for us. I understand that. That's all a bit. Okay, yeah, cool. Just was wondering. So, uh, Lucy, you've been quietly researching uh, Nias for us from an Everton friend of yours. What's their view? Because I've heard a lot of criticism. Um, so, um, yeah, I messaged him earlier just to say what he, his opinion was. Because obviously, like you say, there's been a lot of negativity towards him. And um, he's come back and said that he reckons that he'll do the job for us. Um, and that Coleman had, like completely shut him out. So, you know, it, it's interesting really to, to hear that um, I I don't really know an awful lot about him so I think you know give him the benefit of the doubt and see what happens nah, that's fair enough um, I think you've got to do that with, with it's, a, it's a great rule to have for any player don't just judge them on how they do at Palace I'll do the same, same for a manager judge them on how they do at your club it sounds like an obvious thing but you can wind yourself up something rotten just deciding that something's going to be awful you know it works the other way as well you can just you can decide that something could be a good signing like say for example jordan much uh, if you look carefully enough uh, for articles that were written while i was writing for a certain website you might find me praising jordan much for example i really need that wiped off the internet um Tweeting from Lee Bowman, who actually said Marouan Shamak and claims Albert, he was typing it as you brought it up. How do you feel about that? Do you feel? Do you think yeah. he's, he's, Again, is he trying to? Is he trying to get credit, or do you believe him? Wants to be in my game. Uh, as this, yeah, listen. As long as it's meant with good nature, then kudos to him. Indeed. Okay, try to keep up on the news at the moment. We've had a tweet in from CPFC Northeast who, who said that Ryan Innes has joined Colchester on loan until the end of the season. Uh, Innes must be 21-22 by now, so injuries and, and various uh, other issues have set him back. was obviously very highly rated as a 15-year-old. but uh, What issues are they? Oh, it's not for me to talk about on air, mate. <laughs> If you if you if you want to if you want to Google it, you can you can find out. So, uh, but uh, it, well, obviously, any time I've ever spoken to Ryan, although it's been a few years ago, he was a, was a top lad. But there we go. Uh, also, Mikey is suggesting that the Cairns deal is. Uh, this has come from uh, FYP's Jim Daly. Uh, two two comments here. That's Cairns deal's now off, uh, but a new keeper has been added into the mix. Frederick Ronov. 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 From Brumby on loan is the new rumour. Rumor. Fred, so, Frederick right now, please. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I see what you've done there. It's quite clever. Yeah. Oh, no. yeah, going back on you. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so good stuff there. Thank you to everyone for all your contacts. Do keep it coming. Uh, and as if by magic, Kevin Greeley has tweeted, any news on, is it Schenk Tosin or Senk? Uh, is my residence uh, Turkish football expert, Dr. Kernaz. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, I've been arguing, with, like not arguing, but I've been trying to explain to fans that 
despite him scoring about 23, 24 goals last season, I think he would have been an awful buy for us considering we're tight on money and spending 10 million to him would be awful. He has scored 23, 24 goals. Don't get me wrong, but you have to realise Eto has scored 20 goals as well in that league and Adebayo smashing that league too. And also, he has bags of room. He can finish, don't get me wrong, but he's not going to get that bag of room in the Premier League. And his, his, first, touch is, his first touch is not good as well. So uh, if, his, if your first touch is not good in the Premier League and you literally have no time then and it's not gonna it's just not gonna work out in my opinion it was not gonna work out and it was good that we passed that we passed him so yeah and I, and I believe that's that's the latest on that there's that deal is a no-goer for one reason or another albert dion you've just compared it you've just had a player compared a player to samuletto and adebayor who were actually quite good players and you sort of used it as a bad thing yeah, they were. You just said they were good players. Are they? Uh, do you think Samuel Eto'o and Ad- well, we saw Adebayo anyways. Do you think they could do a job in the Premier League and score twenty goals? Probably not. But we, you know, we probably not. Are you serious? You know they won't. No, but yeah, but you know how many how many how many teams in the Premier League have a twenty goal a season striker outside yeah. of City, Tottenham? It's not United. that. But it won't be hard, Al. But if you put if you put Ben Tech in that league, you'll probably score forty goals. What's your it point? My point is, it doesn't matter. Like if we if we get someone from another league that can score. If he comes, goals. if he comes to us and scores ten goals, that's pretty good. But, but I'm telling you, he probably won't because that league is piss easy, and he gets and he gets bags of room, which he won't get in the Premier League. So what you're saying, Dr. If if I can if I can uh, <laughs> intervene, is that you don't feel that uh, that he's up to the standards of this division, he's, and certainly wouldn't be the worth the money we were talking about spending on him. He's not, considering how tight we are right now. Spending ten million is quite huge for us, and getting him instead, I'd rather get Niasse. He has experience, and plus he's shown that he can score maybe a little bit of goals when he went to Hull. He scored about four goals, not the greatest amount, but at least he can score. At least he has. Had the experience, but with Tosun, I genuinely think he will be awful. That's why all basic touch fans were trolling us on social media, saying buy him, buy him, buy him. Yeah, a lot of people took that seriously as them praising him, but uh, yeah, it's, you, it's, you were quick to point out that that was them taking the mickey. Yeah, so. well, yeah, you know, most Palace fans, when they heard that Everton were going to pay 26 million quid for Balassi, most, most Palace fans going, Yeah, yeah, buy him because as good as he is, 26 million quid was probably a bit too much. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, uh, anyway, you, you mentioned the essay in there as, as the better option, and Joe, you wanted to bring a, a bring a topic to the discussion on him. No, no, no. I, I just uh, retweeted something earlier, and an Everton fan came back to me, and he said that he, when he saw Niasse, he thought he was so bad that he actually thought he was a competition winner, and that's how he got <laughs> on the pitch. So you know, it's like quite. Uh, so we have conflicting. Conflicting opinions. Um, yeah, but it's, uh, people saying that why is why uh, um, I've got a very drunk Ian Lyons Lyons five fifty texting me, tweeting me everything, every kind of uh, social media at me at the moment saying why isn't anybody offering us fifteen quid for Bakary Sacco? <laughs> like how is he? How is he still at the club um, when when people are slating much uh, much so much? Um, so, uh, and in the chat, go straight into the chat now. Um, so Grumpy Mort said no to Sacco being captain. Um, Punch is taking a little bit of uh, a little bit of stick, saying he's not been very good for ages. So they're looking for for fresh players to come in and uh, 
but uh, and then and then uh, Phil says, Yaro can't be forgiven for ducking that in the way for the header. I think that's obviously the second goal for for Huddersfield the other day. Um, but uh, I think he'll do well there. Is it, is it Mornier? His name is. He looked. He looked good. He looked really good. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, well. Certainly gave us trouble, didn't he? Right. See, so. so he'll, he'll definitely if he can make late runs like that. You know, ghost in. He's a he's a lump. Very, very good in the air. I think he'll uh, you know trouble a lot of a lot of defenses. Um, so, but yeah, um, yeah. No, the chat room's just sort of, sort of kind enough. You of the, of the regular players. Most people want gone really. Yeah, that's that's the other thing that we we've seen. It's been a feature of this season, isn't it? Is is you know a couple of players, the likes of Ward and, and Punchin being sort of earmarked as, as sort of past their best and, and needing to be replaced. But obviously, we're still trying to uh, trying to build a, enough of a squad without getting rid of that sort of sort of player. We've got we've got fringe players to get rid of first, I think. Um, and again, that's that's something we've got to keep an eye out for tonight because. There's there's a real need to move out players uh, at Palace. We've just got, you know, got got rid of a few at the end of contracts at the end at the end of the season. Obviously, they saw Zeki Fryers went and Fraser Campbell, but there's still still a bit of dead wood hanging about. Uh, with the greatest respect to those players, uh, Dio, you want to take issue with a certain Patrick O'Connor who's uh, made a comment? Yeah, <laughs> he said, Dio, you're put it down a tracker. You've never seen him play. I have seen him play. That's why I'm telling you he has a bad touch, and I'm telling you he's a great finisher it's not like i haven't seen him play and i'm just miraculously just closing my eyes and thinking about how he would play i have seen him play for turkey and for besiktas in that instance and i'm not talking rubbish uh, out of my uh, ass i i i oh, oh I, mate. relax relax <laughs> relax <laughs> you've been on one today tonight you can run and tell that girlfriend <laughs> brilliant uh no but I, I think obviously patrick missed that you're our turkish football expert i just want to clarify that uh, that is the case. So no, there's been plenty of, of other rumours going on throughout throughout the uh, the course of the day. Um, but one of the things before we sort of talk about that, I, want, I do want to talk about um, Johnny Williams being strongly linked with a loan move for this season to Sunderland, and, I, and I'll come back to that in a bit. But since our last show, in fact, as as we record recording, as we were broadcasting live on our last show, to be precise, uh, we started to hear the rumours of what was going to be in the papers regarding Frank de Boer's position uh, as manager. And I want to take a moment to, to talk to the guys about, to talk to the, the panel, I said guys, I do mean men and women, Luce, sorry, um, about how they feel about just how close it seems to have been for for Frank de Boer to lose his job. And, and the talk is that he's kind of hanging on by a thread. You know, in the show, we talked about the fact that I mean, it's only three games. Should we really be considering it? Well, it does seem that we were considering it. Uh, and if you don't mind, I will start with you, Lucy. Um, what was your reaction when you saw that story break? I just think it's ridiculous. You know, it's it took eight, ga- was it eight games for the exam to get anywhere. Um, you know, we've had managers that have stayed in the, in the role for a, for a lot longer time for... A lot worse results. Um, yes, we should have come out of the blocks running. Um, we should have technically beat Huddersfield. We could have got something at Liverpool. Um, we should have beat Swansea. But you know, as my nan used to say, if, if and ands were pots and pans, we'd have a house full. And you can't just um, you can't can't just 
get rid of someone after three games, and um, it, it would have been a very knee-jerk reaction, I think. And I mean, he's only been in for eight weeks of it, nine weeks. He's been at the club. Yeah, it was fifty-something days, wasn't it, when it was being talked about? I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, and I, I know that it was. He was sacked from. Um, uh, where was it? Uh, after sixty-two days. Uh, where was where was he last? Uh, before Ajax. Sorry, it was it was into Milan. He was That's sacked it. off to eight, eighty-five days. Um, I didn't want to be wrong. <laughs> But um, yeah, I just, I just, I was, I was not surprised because it's a very sort of palacey thing to do. Right. But yeah. I think it, I think it would have been. Um, I think we would have um, made a huge mistake by letting. Well, yeah, well, you know, you you put a view across that it's too early to be making that decision. You know, equated to Big Sam. So let me ask you, Joe. If and this is a big if, I'm not saying it's the case. If Steve Parrish or oh wait, won't we just him? It will be the American owners as well. Feel that they've made a mistake with that appointment, no matter how much how well intentioned it was, no matter how much it, it seems too early to be making that kind of a decision. If they feel they've genuinely made a mistake, is it really? Can it really just be too early? Isn't it better to deal with it now? And when you consider people were saying that about Pardew that we left it too late to get rid. Um, can they really be a too early? Can you have it both ways? Well, from the sublime to the ridiculous, really. Or the ridiculous to the ridiculous. Um, I don't know. I mean, obviously, listen, the rumours, I hate talking about rumours, but sometimes rumours are put there deliberately to, to gather momentum. And the stuff that I've heard... You, I know you get it. We all, you know, a lot of us get it. We, we get these texts from saying, "Oh, we, I heard this." You know, we had it today. You know, someone sent me something today, and but I was, I was sent a thing about ten days ago saying that he has completely and utterly lost the dressing room, and that none of the players know what the, you know. None of the players know what they where they're going to play from one minute to the other, where they're going to be asked to play. They're not playing in their right positions. And, you know, I mean, we had we had uh, players that were, you know, at the end of the season starting to, to, to do a little bit. Um, and then and then we're having our centre, you know, our, our main centre defensive midfielder being asked to play on the right side or right back. And you think, you know, and, and he comes out straight away and, and says he's, he's not happy about it, but he'll play there if he's asked to. You know, you're thinking, Christ, that, that that doesn't seem right. You know, and just getting back to the youngsters, you know, Lakilo and Kai Kai. You know, we, we take all the kids out. Lakilo thought made a, a really good account of himself out in Asia, yeah. and then all of a sudden he's just binned again. Like, we can't be. But but that, that's that's just I'm just going off on a on a tangent about him. But listen, these guys they're into it for. You know, I think because of um, the financial fair play, I, I think that they've had to put some more money in, um, some more private money. So I, I think that if they're not get, if they think that they're not getting value for money, and either the captain or or senior players have approached the the chairman and says, "This guy's a nightmare." You know, come and see for yourself. Or you know, you only need four or five players of a senior standing, and then. Um, he, he has to take notice. 
Yeah. You know, and, and the, the thing is, you know, it, it wouldn't surprise it wouldn't surprise me. This is the Premier League. Nothing surprises me in the Premier League anymore. Um, but I just I just need to get off that very quickly. Nick the Eagle. I, I really don't know whether Steve's coming on. I know we're going to be trying to contact him. So if he does, he does. And if he doesn't, then it will mean he's too busy. But uh, yeah, yeah so, loads so, of people so, contacting. So, so, so on that, I'd just like to say, um, Mark Richardson's tweeted saying that it's going to be a late one. Um, for Palace tonight, right up to the 11 p.m. deadline, sit tight deals in process. So uh, that is the, the sort of latest coming out of the club. Is that it, you know there's there's deals sitting there, and it's it could go right up to 11 and beyond for them to be done. Um, you know we will we will time our discussion with Steve. Well, our request to Steve, as we always do every single time, we'll t- we'll time it at a point where we think. It's not going to get lost in actually trying to do a deal, you know. So, although he, as he as he always says, he's not personally directly involved in every deal the entire time. Um, what we certainly don't want to be doing is pestering him for to come back to us when he's in the middle of trying to tie up a, a really important deal. So, we will obviously be as we do every single deadline, asking Steve to to come and join us and let us know how it went. So, don't. Just you know, we're just not gonna we're just not gonna announce when that's gonna be because he might he might be too busy, you know. Grumpy Mort, Grumpy Mort said, shouldn't it be Dougie and not Parish? Well, this? There, that that would be so my we, first, first question. Well, there we, we go. We've got their numbers, haven't we? <laughs> of course, but no, we'll, uh, we'll we'll do what we usually do, and I say usually Steve finds at least sort of five minutes for us here and there, uh, a little bit later on in the evening. So don't panic. Uh, we'll let you know as soon as as we know, um, but we'll be carrying on uh, reviewing uh, the, the the window as we go right up until deadline day, which well deadline day deadline hour, which is it's less than an hour away, fifty six minutes as we look at it now. Um, so, you know, but but back, I just want to give everyone a chance to sort of talk regarding the manager. You made some, some great points there, Joe, um, and it kind of uh, my view of it is that if you hit if you actually get to a point where this story is broken and you have to look at the source of the story. Okay. So Don Firefield is, is is very good about breaking palace news. Um, always accurate. Um, and so obviously something has happened for him, for him to be breaking that story. It's not been denied by anyone. So clearly there's been a, a, a review after these, these three poor league games and that in itself, you know, I, I can't think of too many, occasions where something like that has happened and you've ended up with a with a positive outcome for the manager um so i, I worry that the, the writing is on the wall I, I have to be honest um i, I really do so so what do you think <laughs> when you say that well i i think his days are numbered and and when we identify a suitable replacement i think it will happen and the only way that's going to change is while we're looking, he has a huge turnaround of results and performances, and the team pulls together and, and plays for him. Because what we've seen so far has been has been very pedestrian, very hard to watch at times, and we've we've had to react to a, to a poor first half in pretty much well two out of the three games. It's weird that the, the again we've had the, the the best performance we put was away from Sellers, and Sellers has been poisonous already this year, uh, and that in itself worries me. Um, but, but there we go. Again, Albert, you know, you, you, you chip in there. And again, I guess like the rest of us, you're not surprised given the start that we've made. But if you were looking at another club starting to look at their manager after three games, you'd kind of, you would, you'd take the mick really, wouldn't you? 
Oh, definitely. You know, the, even when we were out of the Premier League, you know, you you look up and there's there's clubs considering changing the manager even within the first ten games. You know, and it it raises an eyebrow. But you know, five you know five seasons in, even four. Do you know what? Even four seasons in, because this time last year, I was I was saying on the show and and to mates, you know, Pardew's got ten games, and if it hasn't improved because the last. Last season was so bad, he needs to go. <laughs> and, and now, for the Boer, it looks like that might be the sort of system that we're implementing. Um, I just—it's it's, just—it's sort of history repeating, really. You know, Pardew had a, although he had a slightly better start than this. It was—it's um, just that we've gone feast or famine. You know, Pardew was here months and months and months too long, and it looks like the, the Boer might be getting the short, sharp shrift after a handful of games. But yeah. ultimately. The Premier League is 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 what it is, and you need to be in it for just financial reasons. And oh, if it and if it's if it takes whatever five million to get rid of De Boer to bring a, a better replacement in, that's going to scrape us seventeenth place on goal difference. Then I hate to say it on financial, just on financial reasons alone, the board are going to are, are going to consider it. Of course yeah. they are. Yeah, no, absolutely right. Is it uh, going back to the parallel that, that Lucy drew with with De Boer's time at Inter Milan, ending after eighty five days? Obviously, that was brought up ahead of the appointment, and it was quite quickly written off because of the kind of turmoil that was going on at Inter at the time, with uh, a change in ownership um, and a kind of breakdown where players were being bought that he didn't want to play, and, and very quickly alienated the squad and then you know I start saying that and all of a sudden I'm thinking okay hang on a second you know players being brought in that you didn't necessarily want to play alienating the squad and all of a sudden you can quite potentially draw some parallels now I don't doubt that De Boer has the final say on any player that we bring in because that's that's the policy at the club but certainly the targets are, are the same targets we've had previously uh, other than obviously the players we brought in which I mean you look at Riedeval that's clearly a, a Frank De Boer signing um, I don't know about Loftus-Cheek but I assume so um, but you, you know it's I, I just think that perhaps there was more to to be wary of with the Inter decision than perhaps we realised at the time. Um, I'll be honest, I'm, I'm concerned. I, I, you know, I'm concerned for him. I think, I think the writing's on the wall. Uh, last person to have a comment on this, Dr. Um, again, your your reaction to three games in and, and real serious talk that the manager could be on his way. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But have we ever thought of the question: What if we've got the uh, ball in panic by? Because we've we've had a bad um, track record of managers, and what uh, what if Parish was like, all right, I'm not going to go through this again and get a manager late in. I want to get a manager now and make sure he goes through preseason. And for that reason, we just the ball was available, and we got the ball instead of Marcus Silva, who we link with, and and in fact, we lost out on Marcus Silva, and we lost out on the Southampton manager. Uh, what was his name again? Well, Pochettino. Uh, no, uh, Pellegrino. Pellegrino. Yeah, yeah. So I think what if what if we were actually panicking and. That's the reason we got De Boer, so we don't miss out on him. That's another question as well, because when De Boer did actually sign, I think Parrish and De Boer had to really discuss all these matters about how they're going to play. And Parrish would know himself that the players in our current squad can't play De Boer style. So I think maybe we've got actually De Boer in a panic buy, and we have advantage of him because we. I don't think De Boer wants to get sacked in eight five days again. So for that reason, he just has to go along with whatever Parrish says. It would be bad for him. His reputation would get damaged. 
Well, yeah, certainly if you're, you're sacked twice in a row <laughs> before you've even hit sort of 100 days, you are really, really going to suffer reputationally. That's that's certainly no doubt there. But, you know, th- this is a, a really high-prestige man. You know, he's got a huge reputation in football. Um, you know, people obviously calling into scrutiny the, the strength of the league where he won four titles on the bounce uh, for, for Ajax. And obviously a lot of the attention from the media has been on you know, the Ajax style, the Ajax way and all that kind of stuff and how you implement it in the Premier League. But, you know, he's not gone into this with his with his eyes shut. But, it, it, you know, the reports all suggest that that is the crux of the problem, that he just feels the thing to do is to set up how he wants to play and just push and push and push and it, eventually it will come good. You know, maybe he's right. <laughs> maybe it will. But when, you, when, you, when you're there at Sellers Park watching us play, you know, so poorly against Huddersfield and so so poorly against Swansea and you're hearing people booing as much as we've talked about that and how much I don't agree with it and all that kind of stuff but you're you're hearing the the, the atmosphere turn already you know as if, if well certainly if I was in, in in the board's position I would be seriously seriously concerned that that he hasn't really understood what it means to, to be a manager in the Premier League and he's got to learn very very quickly Albert yeah I just I think you've hit the nail on the head it's all very well coming in and saying this is how I want to play. This is my ethos, and we're going to stick with it. But you know, any any manager, you know, worth their salt, whether it's you know Jose Mourinho or Sam Allardyce, looks at what they've got to work with, assesses it, and and plays it to the best of their abilities. And all right, the long term, you know, again, it, it just it's just stinks of echoes of Pardew this time last year and all the transition talk. And you know, all right, the the end goal might be. Yeah, yeah, do you know what? Eventually, I want to play for 3 4 3, play possession football. But, you know, you, you, he's coming late. He's coming late in pre season. Uh, he, he'll know full well what the squad went through last season, the players we had. So I just don't see how, how, that's, how, how it's been allowed to happen again. Someone's going to come in, completely change the system, a system that's not suited to us at the moment. And. You can say the transfer window, you know, is whatever, three, four weeks into the season. To look at the first three games, okay, Liverpool, we we normally get something up there, but that's a bonus. But to look at Huddersfield at home, Swansea at home, I'm not saying we should be getting... And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in?
at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Get six points, but we should be at least coming out of that with three or four points. Six points. Yeah, yeah okay, yeah, you, you can make a case <laughs> for six points, but, you know, six points is, is a huge margin in this, in this league between... Going down and staying up. If you stay up by a point, you know you you've done really well. So to to, to throw essentially throw away six points is yeah, it's, it's chaos, it's carnage. Yeah. You you will always have that. It's I, I always bring this up. It's it's the god of gaps argument. It's well, if we did something different, we would have we would have got a positive result. You know, we could have had the exact manager everyone thought we should have playing the exact style that everyone thought we should have with the exact team everyone thought we should have and still lost those games for for whatever reason you know be it injuries sendings off just Huddersfield being better than we thought all that kind of stuff so the point you're making remains valid it's it feels that way and what what before we get into the the chat room one last point I want to make on De Boer is and it's, it's relevant to this whole transfer window where people have got very frustrated with a lack of business and, and, and feel that there's no clear direction. So we're, we're scrambling around on this this final day. Um, how much of that is down to Frank de Boer needing to fully assess his squad? Because there's little doubt in my mind that, that pre-season didn't get anywhere near him being able to properly assess the squad. And I don't know, he claims, there's, there's a claim that he did a whole bunch of research before uh, becoming Palace manager, but it, it certainly didn't feel that way. So I, I worry again for him because if he was responsible for saying, you know what, don't do make any sudden moves in the market other than these key areas here, but everything else put on hold because I need to properly assess the players I've got. That might also be be a reason why we are where we are. Um, sorry, Joe, you wanted a point to the to the chat room. There's a fair few comments going on in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah fair bit in it it's just uh, it's a parrot said we're in the last hour it's like new year's eve passing that's uh grumpy Mork said it'd be shocking if we got rid of the manager um it's early in the season the yeah, well, uh, only reasons is if we have got a big name or experienced guy already lined up uh ian dave williams said sacco in the day and deborah tomorrow equals one happy dave um <laughs> So, you know, it is, uh, and then King Vagabond said, not sure if it's been mentioned, but Bostock's off to uh, to Bolton from Lens, or from Lawns, apparently. Well, I had a phone call last week to say that his sister, Bostock's sister, was around my mate's house, and, she, whoa, 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 and he whoa, whoa, whoa. wanted to come back. He wanted to come back, yeah. So, and it wants to come back to Palace. And it, that's no BS, though, either. So, you heard it here first. Of course he does. I, I uh, want to play for Palace. Well, of course, yeah. <laughs> um, and then Biff said, I'll try and pinch Benitez from Newcastle. It would be it would be class, which I, I don't think he's going to come from Newcastle to sell her stuff, I don't think. Um, but, yeah, uh, uh, and then it's just a, just a mishmash of, of, of what formation and 
whether he should stay, should go, whether he's going to be pushed. And then I did have a text again. He's a bit boozed up, Ian, but he's back home now. But um, he said, uh, "Do we think that it's uh, who, who do you think's making the signings? Dougie Parish or FDB?" So there's one for the three of you, four of you. Well, again, I, 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 I if well, maybe I'm naive to believe what just, just well, just to remember what I've been told pretty much on this show. I think um, there is, there's obviously Tim Coe's the head of recruitment. Uh, well, Dougie's now been brought into that system, but basically there's a a team of scouts who identify players and they also take suggestions from the management. That and, and the final say of any deal as to whether or not we're going to go for it lies with whoever happens to be the manager at that moment. So whether, whether position they have a, they have a list of players to play in that position that they suggest. And it's all based around, you know, statistical analysis of, of whether they're suitable or not, but there's just obviously random players can be suggested by any uh, coaching staff or manager that can be included in that. It's not limited to that, to that database, if you like. So that's, that's how I understand it. It might be a boring answer, but <laughs> I, I believe that is a factual answer. Anyone else? <laughs> Facebook? Factual and informative. <laughs> well, there you go. I like to do that. Yeah. Uh, just a quick mention of, uh, again, Mark Ritson on Twitter, uh, covering things for the Croydon ad, has uh, been asked if he'd seen any players yet. And uh, he's just responded that the players uh, will be arriving shortly um, with these deadline deals for Palace. So we're hoping to get the cowbells out any moment, um, so to speak. Uh, Dale, you want to make one final point on DeBob before I've got a couple of other things I want to talk about? Yeah, quickly want to make uh, some people comment on Facebook about DeBoer. Quickly want to say that. Uh, Dave Cranfield has said, Frank DeBoer will be okay. He just needs to realise we aren't ready for free for free yet. Kieran M has said the ball will be given till Christmas. Board will panic and bring in another Pulis Aladas type to retain Premier League status. Saka probably not a the ball signing. And finally, Reese Powell has said the problem with the ball situation is we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. The players believed and trust in Big Sam's title. There's more to the story. And and I want to quickly. Uh, actually, forget about the ball. Yeah, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> well, just just to uh, to cover the comments that have been coming in on Twitter, uh, Brummy Eagles got in touch uh, re- referring to the ball, talking about the fact he makes ludicrous decisions, and his view is switch. You know, we'll talk about the switch switching ward to left back uh, with Schlupp on the bench, playing Luca at right back, playing Andrews Townsend at right wing back in pre season, then picking Ward sack now, and uh, Cole Babs is commented on that saying take a bow perfect summary so not a lot of support there for uh for frank de Burke. kevin greeley's got in touch saying we can get benitez not happy at newcastle uh, whereas at least parish does spend although you would believe that some of the comments that have been going about today uh just trying to pick up on a few more other things as fortunately inter- interspersed by nick gillard rambling on about teddy sherrington for some reason don't think we're in for him uh probably a little bit late for that one but uh, Mike Tim's commenting that it's more than losing the dressing room. Obvious conflict with Steve Parrish. Expect Frank de Boer to walk after the window, claiming he has not been supported. So there you go. Um, Paul Ashby's giving you stick, Joe, for not being not have heard of not having heard of Delhi Alley before he went to uh, went to Tottenham. Don't react, Joe. Just let it go, mate. Let it go. Um, Billy Kemp saying, "Have we shot it's ourselves gone. in?" It's gone, is it? Okay, kids. <laughs> Billy Kemp saying have we shot ourselves in the foot taking time to negotiate Sacco to save 4 million rather than bringing in a keeper I suppose that's a good 
good time to, to, to talk about the, the need for a goalkeeper. Um, it's, it's been on the list for a while. And this, again, this becomes the source of a lot, a lot of frustration for people in that they feel that this is something that's been obvious for, well, depending on what you believe, seasons rather than just, you know, the summer. Um, it's, does anyone, I, I'm genuinely interested if anyone on the panel today feels comfortable going the rest of the season with Wayne Hennessy as number one. And I, I'm not trying to have a dig at Wayne Hennessy. I just want to know. Is any, any one of you happy with that? Happy enough. Really? With a, with a decent defence in front of him and Mamadou Sacco plays a huge part in that, if that happens, I think we can scrape by for another season. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying he's a long-term solution. I'm not saying... I'm a huge fan of Wayne Hennessy, but you know, under Allardyce, with with a proper organised defence in front of him, he was he was five times the keeper that that, that we're used to. Um, I still like I still like someone you know be scouting now for either January or or the summer, but I certainly don't think he's you know I, I'm not writing him off yet. Okay, uh, Luke's got in touch, screaming no, no, no. Uh, Lucy, your view. Um, on with Albert, I think that um, we can part with it. Maybe not to the end of the season, maybe to the next window. See where we are, see how he's performed. But I think Albert's right where he says that with Sacco coming in, you know, we've got Leadwell now. Um, I think we'll have a much stronger defence. Um, they'll be a lot more confident, which will give him more confidence. Um, you know. Uh, I, I think given the benefit of the doubt well I, I was I, yeah okay I'm, I'm, I'm the the way you put that across I'm not saying I necessarily disagree but the way that was put across of we can we can kind of we can get by we can manage it's a Premier League club should we really be looking at looking at a position like goalkeeper and saying that oh we can manage dear um, no I don't think we should be looking at uh, goalkeeper and thinking about should can we should can he be managed? Sorry, I'm lost for words. I just yeah. with, with, with Wayne Hennessy, I just genuinely think, regardless of how good or how bad he plays, it's just not going to work out because just like Jordan Much, there's been it's always been negative between him and the fans. And every time he plays at home, I just get this instinct that he just feels nervous and he doesn't play to his best of ability. So it would have been great if we sold him now just for us and for him, because it's, I don't think it's ever going to work out regardless of how we place, because people are just going to slag off Wayne Hennessy. And also I saw that couple of weeks ago, about uh, Wayne Hennessy being worse than Claudio Bravo. And he was absolutely horrendous last season. And so, yeah, I just, I just don't see Wayne Hennessy working out for us honestly even but though I mean, he plays good I just don't see it again and we've so you know the, the, the question being we've we've gone and spent big money on, on Sacco so both both Luce and uh, and Albert have, have pointed out the fact that he would give them the security they need just that, that we would be able to cope with our NSC but I suppose the hypothetical question from then Gel is would you would you forego signing Sacco got a sort of cheaper option in there if it meant signing a, a top class goalkeeper no no, no. that's that's yeah I'm, I'm the same I, I've got no time very little time for Hennessy as, as number one yet I totally get where where Albert and Lisa are coming from in terms of if there's Sacco in front of him potentially <laughs> there's a uh, 
Sacco and three other defenders, might I add, because I do want to see four at the back. Yeah, ideally, we don't want to go with the one at the back, do we? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, sorry, Joe, I cut you off there, but you, you've got a tweet in? Yeah, guy called uh, Paul, the Wild Sea. He said, um, hello from Australia. Thanks for doing this show, guys. It's invaluable to us on the other side of Earth. Money's in the post. Money's in the post. Uh, uh, great. Yeah, it's just nice, uh, uh, nice for a bit of appreciation. It is. Thank you very much for that, Paul. He's a long-time listener, actually. I've, I've, I recognise him from uh, many a tweet. So no, it, is, it is great to... Uh, well, we've got all sorts of listeners all over the world. It is, it is weird and humbling when we actually see it as well. So, But, you know, always always appreciate praise. Well, uh, can I can I just get, get a bit, little bit from the chat room? Um, yeah. Call League 89 said, Premier League is fine margins, and Hennessy is the wrong side of those margins, losing us many points. Bottom of goalkeeping stats... So, and then Parrot said, I'd rather have Sacco and Wayne than Mangala and Zoe. Whoever Zoe is, I'm not a clue. Um, Jerome so, Zoe. Yeah. Okay. He's a um, Dutch keeper. Obviously, we were linked to him because he's Dutch. I think he's at PSV, if I'm correct. Or maybe was at PSV and moved somewhere else. But yeah, you know, decent keeper. But if again, if you read the, the comments on him, he's apparently error prone. Uh, Luce, you want to get in there? Oh, and DR as well. But yeah. Luce, error <laughs> I just want to pick up on the point that, you know, Hennessy has cost us points. Um, yeah, in some games he has, but, you know, he's got 10 men in front of him. Uh, yeah, 10 men in front of him. They're, they're all to blame. So, you know, they, they all have an impact on what happens on the pitch. You know, some players have a great game and they're not um, to at fault. You know, the other week... Um, Loftus Cheek had a fantastic game, but the rest of them were pony. Um, I think it's unfair to blame all the losses on Wayne. Yeah, no, I, I get that, Luce. I do. It, it is unfair to blame to blame one player, but unfortunately, you do get that, don't you? As in, in general, as a as a Palace fan, you, you well, not just as a Palace fan. I suppose every club has their their kind of villains, and it's just it's Wayne and probably Jordan much that. Uh, that actually tend to get to get the grief at Palace, but and, and I don't Ward, think I suppose, it's fair, though. Well, like, because, if I was if I was to say two words to you, you, you could justify it and say, but if I say two words to you, Hennessy Shuffle. <laughs> yeah, Chris Packet Hand. <laughs> exactly. But it's, I just think it's unfair because you know they're all at fault in some way or another, and I just I, I think that yeah, we all have our villains, but if Spironi was in goal and he'd made those mistakes he wouldn't get the abuse that Hennessy is getting no that that is true and I, and I would never argue that point Jules Jules would get away with letting in goals that 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 Hennessy would wouldn't potentially um DR you want to make a comment on this and then we'll get Albert, uh, Albert back in uh, yeah, with with Hennessy, you're talking about uh, maybe Hennessy feeling confident when Sacco comes in. But what if Sacco doesn't feel confident and the backline don't feel confident when Hennessy in goal? That's the issue as well. Because yeah. if you have someone behind you and you're not confident of him doing a job, then some crosses we can bowl it. And we've seen that. It's not like we haven't seen that. We've seen that the defenders are not confident with Hennessy before because there's been times where Hennessy has called for it and they've, they've just ignored him and cleared it. And there's been times where... Hennessy, 
Hennessy's called for it and he hasn't come. There's been issues with the backline and Hennessy. So I just thought it would have been that should have been our priority because it's it, just, it it messes up our whole backline. Hennessy. It's not only just him and goal, but it just the confidence of the backline doesn't seem this right there. Uh, just want to quickly announce. No, the valid points, right? And we have talked about that in the past, where you know you've got to, as a defence. We we'd certainly picked out times where I think it was Damo and Dan at the time who they just didn't know whether Hennessy was going to come and claim it or whatever. So they all kind of got in each other's way, and no one got the ball and all that sort of stuff. So that is a big factor in, in having a goalkeeper. And we did try and fix it. There's no two, you know, it's no coincidence we went out and sign a player who should have done a lot better for us in, in Steve Mundunda, but you know he was a, a dismal failure at Palace for, for whatever reason. Um, we do seem to have a an issue with the phone lines. I did announce um, the phone-in, and I did give out a number, which was, I mean, I'll say it's 0208 123 but it doesn't appear to be working. Do keep trying, and if we... we if you do, hundreds of people. Hundreds yeah. of people have been trying. Yes, apparently it does work now. So if you were trying to call us, 0208 123 you should be able to get through now, Mikey tells me. But then he often lies to me, so we'll see. Um, Albert, you wanted to get in to last little bit on Hennessy, I think? Yeah, just a, just a quick point. You know, again, we've all we've all sat here and analysed it whenever it happens. But you know, for, for every Hennessy shuffle, there's a Jason Punchin getting caught in possession in the middle of the field. There's a Joe Ward getting roasted. By a winger, you know, week on week, there's a Patrick van Arnholt being caught far, you know, way too far up the field. Players make mistakes. It just goalkeeping goalkeeping errors tend to lead to goals. You know, he's yeah. like, and I know Dr. raised concerns that maybe Saka won't be happy with Wayne Hennessy climbing, but you know, it was vastly improved when Saka was at the club when the defence was properly organised, and I think it might have been the the, the Chelsea game. No, there was a real, you know, Hennessy was was on one, a good one, I might add. You know, and there was a real, you know, there seems to be a real sort of defensive cohesion there. So we know it's possible. So I don't see why everyone's so down about it. We just got but it's got to be consistent. It's exactly. Got to be cons- yeah. But that's, you know, if, we, if everyone was consistent every week, we'd be top of the league. But we're not. Yeah, but some degree of consistency. Not, not one or two good games a season. And that's the difference between being, you know, halfway up the table or struggling against relegation that and that's what we're talking about in in terms of uh just a very odd message from mikey talking to the wrong person <laughs> but, but talking so sorry uh but with with hennessy he has got he has got it in him confused i'm being i can hear my voice back again damn it anyway he's got it in him to play well right We've seen it. We've seen it against uh, Chelsea and, and Arsenal last season. Um, we saw it against Liverpool this season. We had, he had a stormer. He really did. Uh, you know, just the occasional flap that was thrown in there. But great. But, you know, you just don't have the belief that he's going to do that on a regular basis. This is incredibly frustrating. A few tweets that have come in. Um, some on the topic of Wayne Hennessy, uh, which was... <laughs> Uh, Kevin Greeley, I think he's I think it's an alternate name for you, Joe. Uh, Punch and loses a small points in Hennessy with his slowing up a play and lack of firepower these days. Hurrah! Yeah, I thought you might like that. CPFC <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Northeast. If we keep Wayne Hennessy, we need Len Goodman to teach him how to stop the Hennessy shuffle. 
I've got a question in from Trub3101, who says, has Sacco recovered from his injuries? Uh, if you view the amount of training he's done on his Instagram and Twitter accounts, he does look um, well, physically fit, but whether he's match fit or not is another question. It's pretty similar when we signed him before, where he was physically fit but not match fit, but we threw him straight in and he did a great job then. So fingers crossed we do that again. Mark Davis got in touch. Had months to identify a new keeper. No excuse for not having a replacement. What are the scouts doing? Frank de Boer's been vocal about the need for a new goalkeeper, and very good point there. Uh, in has, relation, has he? yeah, it was in a, it was in a uh, an interview where he's asked. It was a pre one of the pre-game interviews where he talked about the need to bring in a, a third goalkeeper. To be fair, he did say it might be a young goalkeeper for the future, or it might be a goalkeeper to challenge for the number one position. But he did say that. Uh, in relation to a comment that was made by Mike Tim saying Tim Crawl to Brighton is extremely annoying. Uh, Bob the Eagle has said anything but a large asteroid heading to Brighton is annoying, to be honest, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Cheers for that, gents. Uh, I think that'll do me for now in terms of that. Uh, Billy Kemp's actually saying, uh, confirming the thing that we mentioned earlier uh, that, that James Daly was breaking, that we are rumoured to be in for Danish international keeper Frederick Ronald. Uh, which I believe is on a season loan. Uh, Connor Tallis has just said to me, punch and pirouette, discuss. <laughs> that is a cruel, cruel thing to throw in there. It's got its own name. Oh, wow. <laughs> the punch have, and pirouette and point. Yeah, you've, 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 you've made your day. If you could freeze frame the, the pirouette, right, and at the same time, just as he sticks his hands his left arm up in the air at 45 degrees. Have you seen, oh, what's it, when he's, it'd be like, uh, what's his name, dancing in Greece. It'd be like John Travolta. That's what I'm going to do now every time he does that. Brilliant. All right. Well, <laughs> why do you do that? <laughs> need to get something, I need to get something knocked up on here. Oh, God. <laughs> anyway, um, I know, only a punch is, punch is one of those topics that is uh, fairly polarizing in the fan base but i do see more and more people siding with yourself these days joe yeah um, who, have, who have started to notice you know well the, the power's on the wane you know it's there's no there's no doubt about it. There's, there's not really a goal threat there anymore which is frustrating and he's and he's always been one to slow games down and you know, he was he was certainly guilty of that against Swansea. Um, but you know, I, I still hold out hope that there's uh, there's there's form to be found there. But you know, I will also fully admit, as Nick Gillard would testify, that after that game, he was the source of a lot of my frustration. Um, and when I oh, saw Nick, the, yeah, Nick was. <laughs> but then also punch. But then I and I also felt that when Luca went off. I just thought the idea that Luca was going off the pitch and Punchin was staying on was was incorrect. But the the, the guy the, the guy gives everything that he's got. I, I firmly believe that. But you know he, he needs needs to find some form pretty quick. So lose some weight pretty quick. Lose weight. Oh, don't get fat. Oh, you, okay. well, I ain't yeah. gonna happen. Yeah. That's the thing. Um, guys, just go back. I just want to quickly mention about uh, Johnny Williams because Bob White. Um, Bob CPFC tweeted us early on and said, um, has he actually gone? Because if we want to sort of maintain possession in the midfield, surely Johnny Esther's got to be an option. Um, no. We just don't, we just don't know because of injuries. We can't possibly, you know, um, you know, you would have thought by now he would have developed into a player that could do that. Look, he's still making the Welsh full squad. 
Um, but so is Man Hennessy. <laughs> yeah, it, it's got to be. Um, you know, it's got to be. It's all. It's a lot of it is just. It's what's the word? It's you've got Bullshit. this emotion. <laughs> I suppose that's one Let's of the words. Just let it go. Let's just it, let it go. Yeah. If it wasn't, if it wasn't for the fact that he's just a, a nice lad who has been at Palace for ages, and, and obviously we saw the potential that he had when he broke through. Um, you know, it's not one of his first games he played for his son's Dougie. He was was the three one against Brighton where he absolutely dominated and, and pretty much was responsible for us winning that match with, with how he played in, in midfield. So we saw we had this talent, but. But you're talking years now of, of constant injuries, and it's not his fault, so it feels horrific. And I won't lie, I still hold out hope that he'll get fit, play a few games somewhere, and come back and be brilliant for us. But I don't genuinely believe it's going to happen. But you're a dreamer, Hamblin. Oh, what's up, what's up, mate? Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Luce, you want to talk talk about that before I uh, refer to some other news? Yeah, I just I don't understand why we've never sold him. It, it it's 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 just mind-boggling like that he goes in and out of clubs and you know he's been to Forest, he's been to Ipswich, he's been he's been all over the place and like you said, I feel a bit sorry for him because he's kind of he had a glimmer of brilliance and then nothing because of his injuries. I, I think for him he'd be better off if we did sell him. You know, good for us because we earn a bit of money and good for him because he'd go somewhere where we would be. You know, playing more regularly. Yeah, and again, I, I honestly, I, I, you know, colours to the mast. I'd feel gutted if we sold him. I'm really happy that we. Yeah. Keep him. I, I, I would happily, and this is why I'm an idiot. I would happily have him under contract for the rest of his career and continuously loan him out rather than sell him. But there you, you go. You are that's, an idiot. Yeah, I am. I am a moron. But uh, you know, obviously, the the strong rumour is uh, it's reported in the local Sunderland paper that he's on his he's been let, let out of Wales training to go and complete a deal to someone and the Sunderland have sort of been identified as the team that it will be and I hope it's the making of him I really do because you know he deserves it he deserves a season of being injury free and trying to actually get get somewhere near the talent that he should be showing at the, at the age he is now but there we go uh, Dom Fifield tweeted not that long ago Palace are up against it to sign Frederick Ronal on loan from Brunby ahead of the deadline but are attempting to complete the move so we are trying to sign an international goalkeeper Is this the same goalkeeper that Forrest tried to sign last week? I don't know I'll be quite honest with you there mate What was his name? Ronald Fred, Frederick Ron, Ron, Ronald 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 yes. Ronald. Oh, for Ash Eagle said, I see Nottingham Forest was trying to sign the same Danish keeper. They made a two two million two million euros bid for him last week. Oh well, there you go. Um, and their coach said he won't be moving to Forest, but we are. Yeah, it seems we are in for him late in the day. So keep our ears to the ground to see if that one happens. Still no official confirmation of any transfers, which, right. uh, which people people will literally lose their minds over if that's how it actually pans out. But uh, I believe the comment from Steve Parrish a couple of hours ago were, was that he was expecting to do two or three deals at a minimum uh, in this window. So 
you know, fingers crossed we start to get, you know, play the cowbells soon. Because the only official news is that Ryan Innes has gone to Colchester on loan and Hiram Boateng has made a permanent move to Exeter. So there you go. That's all we've got. All the big news. <laughs> so Jay Dorg said, have I missed the cowbells? No, you haven't. Mate, we can't find the cowbells. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, it'll, it'll, it'll happen. It'll happen. So, should we get into some uh, some difficult sort of uh, areas? Oh, porn? <laughs> <laughs> no, that w- that'll be the third hour while we're waiting for stuff to be confirmed <laughs> between sort of eleven and midnight. I believe I just I just actually read that it, the deadline could be extended to one a.m. I am not sitting here till one a.m. Yeah, right? you guys can carry on without me. I was I got sleep to have and things, but. Um, but we do have only have 20 minutes into the official closing of the window. But, right, here's, here's my contentious topic, and I'm sure lots of you at home will have your views on it, particularly as I was really hoping to bring this up after we'd confirmed a couple of signings. So, what the hell? Um, social media in particular today, but just generally the last few weeks over, you know, I don't, I don't know, over... Just what has been going on with with the hysteria? I, you know, there, there's so many valid points to be made over our transfer strategy, over our current squad strength, but the level of, of abuse and vitriol, and, and what was worse today, which, you know, that you kind of, you, almost, you can tune it out to a certain degree, but today, and, and some people on this show right now were guilty of it, DR Kern has, the kind of and I, and I make no light of, of the issue of, of being bipolar, by the way. Um, you know, that's, but that's how it feels. I felt like I was watching people being bi- bipolar who were reacting to everything as if it was factual news. So there was this huge zigzag between, oh, we've signed, we've signed Sacco. We've not signed Sacco. We have signed Sacco. We haven't. We're signing Mangala. He's rejected us. He hasn't rejected us. We've agreed a deal for this strike. We've agreed a deal for that. And people were just driving themselves absolutely mad. Oh, is this, I mean, I feel like it's the worst window ever for that. Am I right? Am I right, Luce? <laughs> um, yeah, to some degree. I think it gets worse every window. Um, I remember a time when when transfers were made and you didn't really even know who like who we'd sign until it was either in the paper or you saw them on the pitch. And the fact that there's so much access to, or maybe there's not that much access to transfers because we obviously we're still none the wiser as to any, but because people have access to have a mouthpiece and are quite vocal about their opinions. It just gets, it's like a snowball effect. So one person will say something, whether that's factual or not, someone else will pick up on it, they'll have opinion, and it, it just gets worse. People get wound up because people make stuff up, people doctor photos to assume <laughs> that something is, is happening when it's not. People will fall for it, hook, line and sinker. And it, I just think it's going to explode at some point, and I think um, it will come crashing down around some people. Um, The abuse that people people give each other, people give the club, people give parish, people give players. It's just, I mean, I'm guilty of tweeting. I tweet a lot. 
but I like to think that um, I tweet um, my opinion, but I respect other people's opinions. I don't venomously like attack someone for saying that you know Hennessy's Hennessy's shit or they slag off Delaney. I don't like it, but they're entitled to their opinion. Uh, I have mine. You have yours. You know, we all disagree. We all agree. It's it's just that's just life. But isn't it? What what happened that people wouldn't even? I, I you know I'm starting to sound old really because I I just remember that people used to have at least some semblance of respect for each other, mm. but but people you go know, the, the fair the the you know the recent sort of trend is to call things fake news, but you have fake news, fake news, fake news. <laughs> Good <impression>. Sorry. <laughs> love it. But that's but people have this whole fake realities built up around Paris, uh, Palace. Mm-hmm. And that's Steve Parrish in particular as well. They have these absolutely bizarre conspiracies that are concocted around some sort of... But but there never seems to be any kind of sort of acknowledgement of what would be the point of half the things that you think are true about Palace. And I'm not saying this from a point of view of someone who's particularly well-informed. You know, as Jill said earlier, we occasionally get a text here and there for someone who knows someone, all that sort of stuff. But I don't really know any more than anyone else. It's... You know, I'm, I'm still sitting there waiting, sitting here waiting for news. I can't tell you who we have and haven't signed. I can tell you, and all I can really tell you is what's written on social media by journalists and people. But you, you know, in, in any other walk of life, in any other part of your life, you wouldn't, you wouldn't immediately believe everything you read is is fact. And then when you read something that disputes that, you suddenly veer to that opposite opinion. Um, it. It must be really, really tiring to live that way. It's certainly tiring to read it. Dr, you were absolutely all over the place today. <laughs> um, I mean, part of that was because you were doing a great job on social media for us. But uh, but you were, particularly around the Sacco thing, you were absolutely exhausted by that because you didn't know what to believe. Yeah, exactly. You just literally, like, reporters will say one thing and then an hour later they'll just contradict themselves and say, no, he's not going to sign. And it was just so frustrating. I've never realised it till, to, like, this window, this deadline day, that reporters chat a lot of, lot of rubbish. Like, they'll say one thing and then next, uh, a couple hours later, no, yes, no, yes, no. I'm just fatigued about it. But going back on, going back to Parish, I think why most people are frustrated is the fact that one, we've hired Frank De Boer and most people are feeling like we haven't backed him enough. And Parrish knew that we have to back him considering the football we had to play. So why did we hire Frank De Boer? And, an, and another uh, reason is because the way that our deadline day deals happen is just quite frankly annoying. It's the fact that we can't get a deal across and we always have to go to a deadline day. And today I can... Oh, I can hear myself. Yeah, today I can... Oh, he's, someone put this off on mute. No, yeah. it's Joe. Yeah. Um, today, today, like uh, Niasse, we haven't linked with him before. We've so many players popped up, and these are all panic buyers. Niasse is a panic buyer, and it's just frustrating to keep having panic buyers into this club and doing it last second. We want to actually progress, and we want to actually have a plan and execute that plan. Understand, plans don't always go. Plans don't always work, but it seems like we never, we never have a plan. That's what it feels like. And year after year. It's just the same thing. Even before the Yanks came in, it will be always it will come down to deadline day, and I'm bl- I'm blaming Steve Parish mainly right now. It's because he runs the club day to day. You don't know what happens behind the scenes. I don't know what happens behind the scenes. But what, what we what we both know is that Steve Parish runs the club day to day, so he's responsible for it. So how do, how do you know there's no plan? What? 
How do you know there's no plan? Because it doesn't oh. feel like it. Why is why are we why are we signing the asset last minute deal? Why haven't we signed him before? Clearly because, there was no because, plan to sign him. Because plan A, plan B might not have might have come off for whatever reason, so having to look at plan C. You've just said you don't know what's going on behind the, the scenes. So how how can you say that there's no plan? So okay, so tell me what was our plan A for to ban who's our I don't plan know. A striker? I don't know. I don't exactly, know. <laughs> exactly, that's what I'm saying. We haven't been <laughs> That's that's my point. We haven't been linked with someone that's significant that's about to sign and then being like, oh, well, we lost out on him because of medical or agent fees. It hasn't happened. We've recently today only been linked with strikers significantly. And yeah, I say uh, Vincent Janssen popped up, but he went away. Uh, Tosun. We've just recently, the last two days, we've been linked with them. That's what I don't know anything is. We've had whole preseason. We haven't been linked with these players. And now we're getting linked with them on deadline day. Why couldn't we do it before? But who, from the club, who from the club has said we're linked with them? What? Yeah, no, no one. No, 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 but, but this this is nail on the head ter- ter- nail on the head territory, Dr. Because what what you're saying is absolutely valid, right? If if um, if it took being linked to someone for it to, to be the plan, right? So transfer deals, generally speaking, take a long, long time to do, and the. You, you are doing nothing more than what I'm complaining about, which is people deciding that a report is the only way that you can be sure the club's doing anything. So the club are only doing something if it appears in the press, right? So th- that isn't true. Now, I'm, I'm saying that you can legitimately look at the fact we haven't done business and point at that and saying, well, whatever we've tried to do, it hasn't worked. But you cannot say that we haven't done anything because the idea that we've sat around for however many months it's been since the end of last season and decided not to target a striker when we've only got one fit one at the club until transfer deadline day. If you actually analyse that, you re- you'd realise that it can't be true. But you believe it because it's how you've because that's what you've read. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I understand what you're saying, but you don't know that as well. Do you know who you've been targeting? No one knows that. That's what that's what my point is. Is that behind the scenes we don't know what is going on. So we can only look at media and from there we can from there we can predict. I know I'm not saying media is the most reliable thing after looking at it today and before even not not just today. It's not the most reliable thing. But it's just the fact that why haven't been haven't we been linked with Niase before? And why are we being linked with him only today? And again, okay, you're- you're you're answering it yourself in the sense that you're saying because it's all that you've got. So my answer to you would be, if it's all that you've got, fair enough. But why are you taking it as seriously as you are? Because you know, you know what a press report is. You've okay. You're not as old as the rest of us, unfortunately, but you have experienced the fact that when you read something in the press, it doesn't always happen. And in fact, particularly around transfers, there's probably about one in 20 probably happened at, at absolute best. Um, yeah, yeah, I understand where you're coming from. But why have clubs like today, I've analysed West Brom, they spent £42.8 million this season. Brighton, they spent £40 million net spend. Watford, 39.5. This was before 4pm. And Huddersfield's 32.5. They've bought players in before. West Brom have done a significant window. They've had a significant window. They've bought in not only players, they've bought in quality players. They've bought in Kieran Gibbs. They've bought in a guy from PSG. I, f- I forgot his name, but he's just a Pudis player. They've bought in players for their manager. Why haven't we got in players that are for a manager? Why are we leaving it so late? That's my issue. We shouldn't be stressing on deadline day. 
We should we should have finished this off before it even came to the Atlantic, but we just well, left the last minute again. Well, everyone anyway, every, everyone's doing business now, aren't they? Sorry, Joe Gore. But the thing is, dear, what you're doing, you're you're basing everything on assumption. You you read in what you what you read in social media or the or the papers or whatever, and then most of the time they're guessing. So you're just assuming that what they're saying is right. So until it happens, you just got to do what most of us do and just sit here and if it happens, hurrah! And if it doesn't, just then go then go mad on Twitter. <laughs> no, it's just it's just it's just. But the thing is, this these are. The, the fine margins and the huge amount of money. I mean, we've probably blown two-thirds of our money on one player on a signing that... that not is, the signing's going to be good for us. But I, but I can see that if we split that signing into a percentage that may be 50-50, it's appeasement. Because we've, I think we've, well, we went from having no centre-backs you know, where we had one or two that were injured. So having none where we were playing right backs in the middle and playing everyone. So have we got five centre backs now? Um, I haven't counted for a while, but I think we've got five. If you, if you know, if you still, that one of our, you know, our 37 year olds still signed a, a deal where he can play, yeah. still play football in the first team. Then I think we've got five. Dan so, Thompson, Sacco, hopefully reader. Well, Delaney, Kelly, six, that's, that's six. So you know we we've gone again now from from the ridiculous to the ridiculous to the point where you know we've got one right back, three left backs. Now I mean, but saying that we got you know we had two, but now we've got a player back that was you know there were people literally um, saying that, that you know he was he, he almost died in that car crash, and now he's and now he's got a pair of boots on and he's playing. He's played this week, so it's like having a that's a freebie for this club. You know, if he can get any kind of form back, then having his pups worry back back in the team is just is nothing short of a, is miraculous. So it's I'm really, shame. I'm really, I'm really pleased. Even though he wasn't, you know, I mean, it's, to be honest with you, I mean, he's the best crosser of a football in our club, from what I saw. It's a shame during the operation they couldn't put his his left foot on his right leg. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, yeah, I just, I just, you know, that, that's my, that's my own, that's my main thing, and you know, I, I mean, I'm guilty of it. I, every now and then, I, you know, go mad or, or whatever, you know. But it is just everything is about assumption, and the only people that know are the, oh, I don't know how many people own our club these days, but let's say three, three and three little ones that own, you know, they, they, they all ever, if they've all got to put their hands in their pockets, which I think that's what they've done, and what they all had to do at Christmas, then, um. Then they're the ones that know. Yeah. That the, so. um, last little bit from, from you, DR, because obviously we're, we're closing on at 11 o'clock. Yeah, uh, just finally, just want to end it saying uh, someone said on Facebook that we're not a big club. We can't throw out max contracts. But in fact, we've got we've got very high high wage bills. So that's not actually the case. We do throw high wages to players. And also what makes it what makes us any different from clubs like West Brom, Brighton, Watford, Huddersfield, the teams that I mentioned. Well, I, I, I can answer that to a, to a degree, and I know, I'm sure Albert will jump in as well. Actually, you go first, Albert. I was just going to say, if, you, if you're already you know, conceding that our wage bill is huge, then doesn't that lead to what lead to you know, the trail of thought? Well, that's why we're only looking at players of Nias's quality to come in as our second striker, because we can't afford to pay someone else another 100 grand a week 
to not be a first choice striker. Yeah, I mean, obviously that money's yeah. going to come from somewhere. And, and the, the clubs that you bring up, so West Brom are not long uh, out of a, of a, of a takeover. Um, they've got Chinese investment there now. And, uh, and obviously, you know, without casting aspersions on Tony Pulis, they had a very poor pre-season and all of a sudden spent a load of money. I'm not saying he deliberately made it that way to get... Even, even we beat them. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, and then you talk about Brighton. Well, Brighton have got that interesting little bonus you get when you when you get promoted of having a championship-sized wage bill and suddenly a huge increase in turnover. So your FFP, your uh, your wage restriction within that, is 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 bewildering how much money you're actually allowed to spend because you can get yourself right up to the expenditure of relatively established Premier League clubs uh, over a three-year period. So you can throw tens of millions at transfer fees and you can throw tens and ten thousands of pounds up to hundreds of thousands of pounds onto your wage bill because you're allowed to, to bring, bridge that gap uh, over the three-year period that FFP is. It's, it's when you hit that ceiling of, of money that you've spent versus money that you're bringing in and you've stacked your squad with players who are earning big money. And again, as Joel brought up, I think, or someone brought up definitely the other day, um, where there are sort of clauses in contracts that bring other people's wages up in line with other increases. It's, you know, we, there's a whole big sort of financial impact on every little deal that you do. And, I, and I'm not trying to just make excuses for Palace because obviously... We're in the Premier League, and, and if you if you accept that you want to stay there, you've got to accept that you you will have to act in some way to do it. So I'm not saying you don't have a point, you you, you do, but I think in your comparisons you've got to have you've got to have the full facts at your disposal. And I suppose what we've kind of got to and this whole point of talking about the, the hysteria is because we don't all have the full facts. It's a little bit unwise to start kicking off about things that we don't even know if they're true or not. So yeah, 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 yeah. I understand. I understand where you're coming from, but, but then again, it's just why do we always leave it late? That's that's going to always be the question that remains. Um, if we, the way I see it is that when we do leave it late, it looks like bad business. And you also mentioned the wage, uh, how much we pay. Isn't that bad business too? If we, all right, fair enough. We got quality plays in, but you're you're talking like West Brom haven't got quality plays in as well. Like they've got one or two quality plays in. Oh, they they've, done, not... they've done good business. They have. Yeah, yeah, they have, and their wage, they can still buy players. That's what I'm saying. That it's all about business. It comes down to business, and the Steve, Steve, and the Yanks, they they own the club, and so it's going to come down. And we don't know what happens behind the scenes. I'm just blaming Steve Parrish because he runs a club day to day. I wouldn't blame the assistant manager if we fail or if we don't get results. It'll be the manager's fault. Because mine's a bunch of Tell him in a minute. Yeah, yeah fingers, 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 fingers crossed we can get him on here and you can tell him to use to his face. I was going to say we need to bin him, don't we, before he comes on, surely. Uh, Have him on there again. What the bloody hell do you think you've been doing? Keep like. <laughs> <laughs> Making us all sweat all bleeding day. What are you doing? <laughs> can I just can I just jump in? Going going yeah. back to going back to West Brom. I know we're saying they spent a load of money now, but prior prior to this window, there'll be no one at West Brom on anything near a hundred grand. You know, probably their their most high profile signing again, bar this this preseason was probably Solomon Rondon, who they're paying probably sixty grand a week. You know, we've had we signed Kabai on what do we reckon seventy eighty grand. Townsend's meant to be on touching 100. Benteke is definitely on 100. Zaha's down 100. There's no way West Brom has spent anywhere near the money we've spent on wages over the last couple of years. 
I'd agree with that. And that's that's the sort of thing that I'm talking about with a comparison. OK, we've only got a minute till the transfer window officially closes. And as it stands, we have no official confirmation of any incoming transfers. The only confirmation we do have is of you know, Ryan Innes going to Colchester on loan for the season and Hiram Boating joining Exeter on a permanent deal. So, you know, we, we could... We could we could legitimately freak out here. Obviously, the strong inference is that the deal for, for uh, Mamadou Sako has been done uh, and is just pending an announcement at some point during the uh, during the night, I guess. But uh, uh, away from away from Palace, as we wait for it to hit 11, there's that, an interesting story that you brought up, Albert, with uh, Ross Barkley to Chelsea. Yeah, Ross Barkley, talk of the summer, he's going to go somewhere, Spurs or, or Chelsea for... 50 million, which I thought was a bit steep, but it turns out that they've agreed a fee with Chelsea, agreed personal terms, but he's changed his mind during the medical, which is a wicked story. That's a proper, like, <laughs> old-fashioned football football myth. It is. Well, look, it don't just go, doesn't just go wrong for, for us. <laughs> it, it's, uh, it could go wrong elsewhere. There we Sorry. go. Anyway, that, that's 11 o'clock. I don't know if we've got some kind of a, a noise to make because it's 11. <laughs> <laughs> then I lost my shoe. Stay calm, everyone. Stay calm. Stay calm, everyone. So there we go. It's, it is eleven o'clock. No confirmed incomings. That's got to be. That's got to be a worry, isn't it? Well, we and we probably no. applied for the other the extra hour. That's that's a that's a given. We do that every year. So um, it looks like uh, Johnny Williams to Sunderland on loan is pretty much confirmed. Just seeing a couple of tweets come in about that, maybe, maybe some sort of anyway, some definitely some chatter about that. I'll round up the last few little bits of uh, of contact that we've got. Um, Bobby Eagle was pointing out with regards to our moan about the the hysteria of the uh, the transfer window and leaving it so late. He said, "But it would be sat there bored as." F if we'd done all our business weeks ago. Absolutely true. Um, Kevin really sort back at you a bit here, DR, saying at the same time, uh, we never actually get linked um, to someone and then sign them within 24 hours. Uh, that seems to happen elsewhere. And I will give you that. As soon as we get linked to anyone, it does seem to take an absolute age before we'll confirm that they are um, actually joining Palace. Uh, Malcolm Goodard said, Boateng to Exeter. He's better than that. Um, can't read that one out from Kevin Greeley. That's got a little exciting, that one has. <laughs> uh, Andy Tarrant saying, how flat would Sellers be if Sacco de- the Sacco deal didn't happen? Don't say that. You're not supposed to say that out loud. <laughs> there we go. So we are we are in uncharted territory here. Um, I was ex- certainly expecting some deals to be done, but at this point in time, nothing. They, could, they, 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 they oh. could be done. Oh, yeah, I, I don't doubt that they are. I don't doubt that they are, Albert. Please. So while we're uh, seeing if we can get get anywhere on uh, getting Steve to come and tell us and put us put our minds at rest, Dr. Kernas. Um, is it? If let's say we don't get anyone, I, I genuinely we will get someone. It will be ridiculous if we don't. Um, if, if, do you think Frank Tabor will actually stay? Do you think he will just walk out tonight? Well, there's can you see that happening. There's apparently been further further rumours. Uh, of him going again tonight. I haven't actually found them myself. It was just mentioned in our uh, in our chat a little bit earlier on. But I think I, you know, I think if you were the manager of, of Palace and we made no signings since uh, since since the, the the two that we've made since we've made 
Three. Three, because three, Fussy Mensah wasn't he? he was the third. So, yeah, uh, I think I think I would certainly consider my position. But, I, again, I go back to the manager. Yeah, he'd be up front. <laughs> hey! We saw how that happened in our charity match. I managed to play for about 30 seconds. Um, I, I think it's important to, to again, to, there's talk of Frank de Boer walking on, on that basis, you know, but I, the, obviously the reports are nothing to do with Frank de Boer wanting to walk away from Palace. It's all to do with whether uh, Palace are prepared to give him some further time at the uh, at the club to actually, um, you know, continue to be our manager and take us in the direction that he wants to go. Silence to the championship at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> Can I just oh. say, a, a tweet's come in from Drunken Ruffian, and I don't think I'm allowed to swear. It says, people need to calm the flippity flip down with their newfound sense of entitlement. We're not flipping Charlton, which I think is quite a nice, uh, nice sentiment moving forward into the abyss. Oh. <laughs> moving forward into the abyss. Absolutely. It does feel a little bit like that. It's, it's, it's a good point, right? We, an entitlement's an interesting word. I can remember us banding about that word uh, back in the, in the championship when we were, talking about all the teams that we should beat, that we weren't beating, and all this kind of stuff. And, and we always talked, oh, we don't need, why would we want this sense of entitlement? That's what all the Premier League clubs have. Hello. Hi. <laughs> there we go. We're one of those now. Remember that uh, first that first Premier League window when we came up and we signed like 16 players in two hours? Gone are those heady days. <laughs> yeah, come on. We've had, we've had mention of some of those Gems, haven't we already this 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 show? Elliot Grundon. Oh, what? what? I don't, I don't know, I don't know who he is, but he sounds wicked because he's well foreign. <laughs> what was the guy, the ex Southampton guy that we signed as well? He was a winger. That's going to do my head in. Anyone listening at home? Oh, oh, oh Christ! Yeah, 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 yeah. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, he, yeah. If you know who I'm talking about, he played played briefly at Southampton. Everyone thought he was going to be great, and then he disappeared and suddenly reappeared. Oh, so remember Frank Songo? Frank, yeah, Frank Songo. The first person to get it right wins a mug that doesn't exist. Right, hey, hey, hey the, the, <laughs> yeah, well, you're right. The two mugs that people have won do exist, and they are on the desk, literally yards away from me. Like yards, I would say. 30 good, centimetres from me. What good are they to the listeners when they've got your pens and yeah. biscuits? Nathan, Nathan, Nathan Giles, who was one of the winners, actually messaged me about that earlier in the week and said, any chance of my mug before Kabai retires? Which I felt was slightly harsh, but he has been waiting two years for it. Um, that's probably that's not very good, is it? I should probably send that. But if you want to win a mug... mug on, yeah, You, mug you mugged him off. Yeah, well, well done. Well done. <laughs> 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 uh, so yeah, if you do want to win a mug that I Zacco. ever send you, wait, Go wait, back. wait! Ah. No, it's a cowbell. It's an actual cowbell, and it's the confirmation that we have signed. No one. Who- <laughs> 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 made on my parade that we have signed Mamadou Sacco. Um, video footage on the way that's uh, been tweeted by Mark Ritson I believe uh, Croydon ad uh, and also confirmation that Johnny Williams has joined Sunderland I'm just trying to make sure that it's a loan rather than permanent to stop me from immediately crying doesn't say but uh, 
I'll check that out in a bit. So Johnny Williams has gone to Sunderland. But more importantly, we have confirmed the signing of Mamadou Sacco. Are going to put that out as a tweet? I think maybe this is probably out there as a tweet in general. I think people have probably realised by now, but I'm very happy about it. Um, So we talked about how delighted we were earlier on, but now it's actually happened. Bit of relief there, guys. Andy (laughs) Klein. A hooray from Luce, an anti-climax from Albert. No, it's Um, good. It's very, very good. But... You know, let's face it, if it's the only business we've done, DR's not going to be happy. No, 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 no. <laughs> it can't be the only business we've done. We need someone up front or someone, a wide player as well. Oh, look, he just tweeted as well, again. Apparently, he's delighted to be back, uh, Mark Ritson, and he said, it looks like Niasse is with him too. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> so, seemingly, we're going to Great call- timing. <laughs> Great timing. We're going to call it official. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mark Ritson has seen... Uh, uh, not only the confirmed delighted Mamadou Sako, but also uh, Umar Nias. Is it Nias or Niasse or Nia? What, what, what are we going to decide? Nias. I think it's Nias. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> I'm sure Chris Greenson <laughs> will do a video about it. Yeah, good, yeah, good point. Um, I still remember the Luca, the Luca one fondly. I often say it to myself. My name is Luka Miljovic. Oh, you can call me Luca. Oh, no. And I am here for your woman. <laughs> take her. Take her, mate. Take her. Yeah. You can tell it's gone 11. Things have deteriorated massively. <laughs> All the stuff I prepared to talk about, we've run out of. But we do at least have that confirmation. I, I, obviously, it's not on the official website yet, but we know it has happened. So, a striker. Um, DR, you weren't too big on him earlier on, but it is a striking option. It's someone to play either uh, instead of Benteke if he's not available. But if we are going to go with the, the dreaded 5-3-2 that we tried against Swansea, um, he's got to do a better job than Townsend as a support striker, right? Because then we can play Townsend into correct position. So, come on, it's a good thing, right? Chris, you're tired. I, I, did, I didn't say he was bad. I said he was actually good. The fact that Everton fans were slagging him off, I think that's what changed everyone's opinion. And I actually disagreed with it. I thought when he went to Hull, he showed that he's not actually the worst striker in the world and that he can offer something different to Penteke. So I actually think he's a good deal. I'm happy with me, I say. Um, yeah, I'm excited. Let's see what happens. Hopefully he can come on, change the style. We can hopefully change the style when we're not doing well with the tactics uh yeah you can offer that option so that'll be good i I don't want to sound spoiled right and i'm gonna ask you this gel but it's going the rest of the well at least till january with only two recognized strikers is that really is that really good enough for a premier league club well it's not ideal is it i just see regal eagle um on on the chat and he said uh the acid work if you can get it <sighs> I know. I had to read it. I'm not going to let him type it and then not read it. It's, it's in there for your entertainment or heckle or whatever way you want to look at it. Um, listen, I'm, I'm pleased we've got another striker, and the only reason being is he just is sort of almost confirming, um, confirming to me that that uh, that Wickham is just is still broken, which is a shame. Um, Again, that's, you know, it's another lump of money going to him every week. And if he is going to be, I don't know, I don't know. Half of me wants to just go, you know, pay him up, ship him on. 
chip him out. Yeah. Uh, no. Sorry, I'm, yeah, sorry, I've got tired and distracted. There. <laughs> uh, reading Twitter, which, <laughs> which there you go, shows you exactly where you are. But there's a good reason for me doing that, and it's that Johan Kabai has tweeted uh, to welcome Mamadou Sakho back no, to Palace. No, that's February. Was it? Oh, some gets re- retweeted something. Oh, I hate you all, nah. every single one of you. <laughs> I've, I've, just, I've just seen something on Twitter. I've just seen a picture of Johnny Williams holding up quite a large Sunderland scarf. I just hope he hasn't hurt himself doing it. We're on Sky Sports News, apparently. Right this Who's second. radio? <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Imagine that. Whatever you I do, do swear. <laughs> Jim, yeah, but no. <laughs> right, so the the general uh, consensus is that Palace will be doing business late into the night. Yeah, uh, let's stay on. So for, for that reason... <laughs> um, well, you, well, you know the other thing as well, is that seeing as though we're not, you know, we're not going to stick him out in, in into a stadium and make him do kick-ups, really bad kick-ups and look stupid in the cold, that, you know, our signings generally are... They get photographed when they turn up for training. And they go, oh, blimey, they've signed him. Yeah. I can remember people uh, actually telling me that... Oh, you'll remember these days as well, Joe, I'm sure. A man of your vintage. Where they genuinely would, would turn up first game of the season and try and work out who the hell everyone is. Yeah. For, yeah. Um, someone was telling me about Neil Sullivan that they were giving him dog's abuse because they didn't know who the hell he was. He was playing in goal for us because he'd signed on loan that morning or something. But uh, well, we'll know when Sacco turns. It'll be Sacco walking down the road with a tiger on a lead or <laughs> or something, you know, something, something completely mental. Because you um, know that he didn't do anything mad when he was in us last time. But he just has he has the reputation for being quite loony tunes, really, which is which is great. Because if he does do that, I want to be in I want to be in Fort Fire Street if he does walk down there. To be fair, it wouldn't it wouldn't stand out walking down fourteen five feet with a tiger on a leaf because there's all sorts down there. <laughs> yeah, those leopard print pants, mate. Some of them are quite large. <laughs> right, uh, just uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make a call because I know it's uh, it's late. And obviously, some of you will sit up and, and wait for the news as long as it takes. Uh, we're going to give uh, give it till about twenty past or so. Uh, to see if we can grab five minutes with Steve, but obviously if he's still working on deals, that's right now, then that's probably going to be very, very unlikely. And it's another reason for Dr. to be angry about how late the club are leaving the business <laughs> in this <Exactly>. window, <laughs> letting us down. But uh, what, are we'll... st- what are you still doing up, Dr? <laughs> <laughs> Get to oh. bed. I'll be honest. I'm surprised we haven't heard your mum shouting up the stairs yet. <laughs> Oh, you wow. usually do when we play the Xbox with you. Yeah, I'm down in a minute, Mum. Yeah. <laughs> Tuna sandwiches oh. tomorrow. Oh, my days. Oh, my days. Why don't you leave me alone? <laughs> oh, no. no I've told them. <laughs> Make sure that... I don't want fruit in my lunchbox. There's a band. No one can come upstairs right now. There's a band in the house. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't, oh, like munch, I don't like Munch Bunch. Why embarrassing me? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, mate. Sorry. Oh, it's all right. It's all right. Oh, someone did say Damari Gray. Apparently, we signed Damari Gray. Let me just, on Facebook, uh, let that, me just tell that, them. We haven't that, signed Damari Gray. Happened. That hasn't, that hasn't ap- happened. So, More yeah, chance of us signing Julian Gray. <laughs> I called that, didn't I? About three weeks ago. I said I thought it'd be fantastic for us. Yeah. But we haven't signed him. 
No, I'm just saying. Where's he gone? He <laughs> yeah, has moved today, haven't he? I don't know, he's still at Leicester. Um, you it? can't claim credit for calling a signing that we didn't make, surely. I'll tell you bigger for us, that messy fella, he bigger for us. <laughs> oh, he hasn't come. But well, well, I did call he'd be good, though. <laughs> Sorry, Joe, we're bullying you now, but you can take it. You're a big man. Yeah, I'm not bothered. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Uh, just trying to check it? on the latest... Any time Chris tries to wrap up the show, we've just got to interrupt, so it just keeps going <laughs> yeah. on. So we're here until midnight, and we might hear more. I'll just yeah. leave. I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you. We've got five minutes to go, and I have literally no idea what to say. Yes. You know, there's a video of them arriving. There's lots of cameras. I think they arrived in a head, and not in the training ground at the headquarters and thing. So I don't know if the medical is done or whatever. Both of them arrived, Saka and they, I'll say. Yeah, so I'll yeah, down London. Hit a retweet on that on the uh, on the palace. Oh, sorry, on the palace account on our account. How about that? I, I haven't got access. <laughs> no, we removed that. <laughs> to be honest with you, it's mainly because Nick Philpott kept responding to people and DMing people from the whole radio account by mistake because he can't deal with Twitter, can he? Because he's like, it's fifty four. He doesn't know how to use it. He gets confused. You know, he's got a microphone that looks like a dog, but he can't <laughs> use Twitter. Oh, don't mention the dog thing. <laughs> that, that, that is a reference to uh, our regular videos that we do on Facebook where Nick predicts the lineup um, and Mikey insults him massively with the captions every week. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's extremely enjoyable. So do check out our Facebook page. Go to Facebook, search Homestyle Radio. There's also the Homestyle Radio discussion and chat page there, which you can ask to join. And we use that to ask questions as we're planning and all sorts of stuff like that uh, starting to gain a bit of traction there as well which is very enjoyable so uh, we've had loads of contact in today which has been great um, it's kept us relatively sane I would say I'm fairly certain Luce has been asleep for a while um. <laughs> 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 you're right. yeah I'm fine yeah, you seem, you seem, are you yeah kind of I don't know I've been been talking for so long now that i don't really know who i am anymore but uh on the so on the so it's almost uh call 89 it's just put on on the you know talking about ridiculous uh ridiculing people we said on the subject of jolton they have signed a player called doodoo <laughs> that is shocking it's come to that that you were amused by the fact that a slightly funny name <laughs> Slightly. I mean, jeez. It's, it's no body B or B, is it? It's not. Do you remember him? Oh, Still yeah. not getting a game at Swansea. Isn't what it? No. Waste of a talent. He should have stayed at Falkirk, shouldn't he? No, he should have come to us as previously discussed. Sorry, quite right. Uh, Luce, you want to plug the Instagram account? Yes. Um, if any of you. At Homestyle Radio. And that's it. There's lots can, of pretty pictures. Can we talk about Sacco? Um, not our Sacco, the West Ham Sacco. What happened today? Yeah, cool. You guys know. We were linked. We were linked with him at one point. But cool. Oh, yesterday apparently he flew himself to Rene or whatever the city in the Rene. team. Rene. Rene. Oh, Rene. Oh, Rene. Oh, be careful because he's only going to tell the story once. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Boom, boom. <laughs> 
uh, yeah, basically, he went to Rene without telling West Ham and he just booked himself a medical day and they were like, all right, cool, it's done. Then, then they were like, wait, we need to talk to West Ham. So they talked to West Ham and West Ham were like, oh, wait, what's going on? We haven't even heard. Why is he over there? And so he came back and he was frustrated and went to a horse race instead of going to West Ham training this afternoon. Sorry, mate. I, I did genuinely not listen to what you said. <laughs> it was a good story. I'm sure it was. So he, so he flew himself to Rennes in France. Yeah. yeah. Told them he wanted a sign for them. Had a yeah. medical, passed it, and they said, right, we've got to ring West Ham first and sort out a fee. And then West yeah. Ham said, what are you talking about? Exactly, yeah. And then when he <laughs> flew back, and then when he flew back, um, he was meant to go training this morning, but he went to watch a horse race with his agent instead. Okay. <laughs> have, you, have you enjoyed the second time, everybody? Because I thought he was going to say it only once. To be honest, <laughs> you can't make the same hello, hello joke because I've got to explain hello, hello to Dr. So Dr. A long time ago, there was a sitcom on BBC called Hello, Hello, right? And it was set during wartime France. And on, on the surface of it, it was a uh, a kind of how could I put this? It was just, it was like a guy, a guy just ran a cafe and, and you know, did, he had, he had some was, antics, didn't he? But his then, name was Rene. Rene, Rene Artois. And there was lots of hilarious hijinks that went on. Uh, and I watched it as a kid. And then when I watched it back as an adult, I realised that the cafe was, in fact, a brothel. Uh, an entirely unsuitable, yeah, an entirely unsuitable for the uh, primetime viewing slot that it had. Uh, but there was lots of catchphrases from it. And uh, thank you for reminding me of it. It was great. The Madonna with the big boobies. The Can we Madonna? Madonna the yeah. Yeah. There's, there's been, there's been a, there's been a request from Facebook. Can we talk about Connor Wickham? Go on. Does he feature next? Don't say next. Come on. Let's talk about it. Connor Wickham. Does he have a future at a club? Oh, sorry. Yes, we can. But I just want to say, well done, Lee Bowman. You win a non-existent mug. It was Leandra Griffith. Well done. Yeah, can we? Yeah, can we actually talk about Conor Wickham now, guys? Yeah, Come on. <laughs> someone, someone's requested it. Talk about yeah, Conor Wickham. Yeah, I think. Listen, it's, it's a very, very good point. Um, but we we will have, we'll have like literally a two minute chat, and then we'll uh, we'll end this show because we all want to go to bed. And yeah. it looks like Steve is busy working. Not together. Not together. No, it's not that kind of arrangement yet. I don't mind. Um, <laughs> <laughs> At your age, I'm sure you don't. Oh dear! So, uh, well, he had a setback, didn't he? So it's a, it's a valid point to actually bring it up because we're talking about only going into the having the rest of the season with uh, with just two strikers. But well, technically, we do have three strikers, and, and one of those is a very good striker in Connor Wickham. But you know, he had a very serious injury, had a setback uh, over the summer, and as I understand it at the moment, the earliest he's going to be fit is is January. So January, yeah. That's next year. <laughs> it is exactly that. Yeah, they only have one one each year, and it is next year's that he's potentially due to be has back. He an, has he had an amputation? Well, you know, near enough. Uh, it, it, was, it was an innocuous one as well, wasn't it? He wasn't under a challenge. He just twisted his knee as he ran. You know, he's, he's, he's a big unit. Put all his weight on the knee as he uh, as he turned. And, you know, that's it's worrying because you know some, someone like him, he it's a difficult way back. Uh, for, from an injury like that, very very serious. So, who knows if we'll uh, we'll see the best of Conor Wickham again in any time soon? But I hope How so. The Suarez coming back though. Yeah, yeah, Joe mentioned earlier that it's great that he's played a little bit of football. And who knows if he can get? <laughs> I think someone someone said uh, I can't remember who it was on Twitter. It might have been might have been Nav or something like that. 
who said, um, why are we celebrating Suarez coming back? He couldn't defend anyway, which I thought was quite harsh. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, great, great little player. He made a huge difference for us. And most importantly, he has a bit of pace. J-Dog said he'd be fit at the same time as Sacco. And Regal Eagle said he's not as fit as his missus, though. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, it's that time of night. So, uh, I think, <laughs> think we're going uh, to call it quits here. And, uh, yeah, we'll have some sort of uh, collective audience. Right so, good stuff. All right. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> The have arrived. Every time I say the word orgy, Mikey makes that sound, so I don't know what it is. <laughs> I thought it was announced that we've signed Roy Walker. <laughs> now we're playing Obama Llama again. Oh, no, no. God, I'll kill myself. Um, Are we done? <laughs> we're done. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I'm sure it'll go out as a podcast, maybe. Uh, you, can, you can listen to the pub again. But, uh, Is everybody happy, though? Yeah, headlines. Headlines being the essay, the ass is signed. Uh, pretty Both much, yeah, and and Mamadou Sakho <laughs> signed as well. So striker and a very, very, very important defender gives us a good chance going into into the Jan- ahead of the January window. Hopefully, you've got some money back for January, and who knows, there could be more deals still being done because if we get the, the paperwork in time, there's a potential extension up to one a.m. to confirm anything else. So fingers crossed on that, but at least two very, very. Uh, necessary signings and, and win Sacco the biggest signing I think we've ever made uh, we'll be back uh, soon <laughs> as soon as we've got show, uh, games to pre- preview and to review as well uh, but otherwise this podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network Talk sport. Powered by fans.